Hey guys, brand new podcast. Uh, and if those of you wondering where Open Tabs went, don't worry, it'll be back this week. Uh, it'll be up tomorrow. We, I was on vacation with my wife and my girls for two and a half weeks, and uh, I couldn't do it on the road. So it's going to be a good one. We're going to cover uh, Roverfest. How was Roverfest, Halston? I had the absolute time of my life. We're going to cover Roverfest. Yes. Uh, I'm going to have my wife come in. Uh, we're going to cover... I don't have video for this, but I, I, I'm i going to cover it from my stories. Uh, we went to Universal... Uh, we no. went to Disney with my dad and my mom and my daughters, and we rode the Avatar ride. Wait for it tomorrow when we do open tabs, because it is the funniest fucking story. I've got video from Roverfest. We'll show that. We'll talk about that. I started thinking, maybe I should... Maybe I should change open tabs into me going around and videotaping myself doing stuff and then showing it to you and commenting on it. I don't like I don't know if that's going to be a better idea. But anyway, we got suffice to say that I've been googling stuff for two and a half weeks, so it'll be a good open tabs. Today's podcast is with Zach Bitter. Zach Bitter is my marathon training coach. He was also my wellness coach. He wanted me to do this uh, diet, but then I got a nutritionist. I have a nutritionist. I have a triathlon coach. Triathlon training is legit right now. I've been I've been running just about every day i've swam every other day and right now we're focusing on food and booze that's what i'm focusing on right now good focus uh no booze week of the triathlon maybe um, no booze this week maybe no booze this week starting now we'll we'll see i'm at the store tonight with two shows maybe starting now maybe maybe tonight and then uh when then we're at tom and sandy's tomorrow so i'll probably have a drink there well, i don't know they have stuff going on now what we'll see what? Oh, they're not. They don't want. To... I don't know. There's stuff going on later in the day for them now. I've got some text messages. You know, okay, we didn't need to include that on the podcast. Well, why'd you bring it up? Anyway, um, but Zach Bitter, you'll hear he Ari and I have talked about going internationally on a marathon. I'll cover this at the very end of the read. Maybe I'll do that. But Zach Bitter, if you if you're unfamiliar with him, he uh, was on Rogan's podcast. He's an ultra marathoner. He ran a hundred miles on a track, and I th- I want to say like seven minutes a mile. That's ridiculous. And he is ridiculous. He is insane is his wife is on i think it's his wife i think it's his wife i'm not sure i think it was, yeah i think they're married they lived in wisconsin before now they live in arizona i should probably i'm sure he tells people where he lives anyway um it's a great podcast uh and so you'll hear about we talk about i'll talk about this in a little bit uh we've got some sponsors this week some great sponsors it's so funny my dad said to me this weekend we were sitting in the in his laundry room and he said uh you know buddy you should go on uh you should go to Four Hymns. I swear to God. I, sw- I swear to God. He goes, you should go to Four Hymns. I said, really? He goes, you know, I am on this uh, prostate medicine, and it grew all my hair back. It's, uh, by the way, my dad doesn't have a full head of hair, but he, I looked at it for the first time, and I was like, well, you have a head of hair. Like, you have hair. Yeah, he does have hair. And I was like, and he's like, yeah, that stuff works. He's like, it's for my prostate, but it's the same stuff that they do for the hair loss stuff. You should try it. And I was like, wait, hold on. How do you know about Four Hymns? And he was like, oh, you know, 4 You should check it out. And I was like, they're a sponsor of my podcast. He's like, get out of here. They are a sponsor of my podcast. And luckily, I started preventative measures when I was 21 to, to, to stop my hair loss. And I, just, I still have hair. When you see my hour special on Netflix, August 24th, called Secret Time, you'll notice that I have not a full head of hair. It's thin, but it's there. You can mask it. I like your hair. I like, I like my I hair, too. I think it's cute. But it's... But, um, but I did that because I started losing my hair. And if you can get in front of that bus right now, young men listening, you can stop your hair loss, halt it in his tracks, and you can have hair until you're 45. Most men lose their hair by the age of 35. And just when you start noticing the hair loss, that doesn't mean anything. That's when you stop it. 
So if you're noticing it, stop it right now, Mark Normand. <laughs> Mark Norman Mark Norman was pissed and moaning about losing his hair. Really? I was like, you have a great head of he hair. He has so much hair. Yeah. You uh, know what they say, one man's trash is another man's treasure. I guess so. Um, for hims is one-stop shopping for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness, all for men. All right? This is real doctors. They connect you with real doctors with medical-grade solutions to treat your hair loss. Well-known generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair. Not snake oil pills, not gas station counter supplements. Prescription solutions backed by science. You don't have to go to a doctor. I had to go to a doctor when I first got on Rogaine. Did you know you that? did? Yeah, I, got to go on a do- I had to go to a doctor and... Uh, get a prescription? Get a prescription. Wowza. Yeah, that was fucking awkward. And then the lady was like, you don't need it. I'm not going to prescribe it to you. And so I had to go to a dude. Really? Yeah, the lady was like, and I was so I had to go to- Unsympathetic? Unsympathetic. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm definitely using that shit. Right. He's like, you know what? In 10 years, there's going to be a pill that fixes all this. And by the way, 10 years later- <laughs> That's there was. The, there is. <laughs> so there's no waiting room, no doctor visits. It's fucking easy. Just answer a few questions. Doctors review it. They prescribe you. Products are stripped directly to your door. Look at my head of hair. Then Google Tom Segura, someone who did not start his preventative medications, and see which one you want to be. Do you want to pray to God that you have your hair when you shoot your first special for Netflix? And then and then, then hook people in. And then you start losing your hair when you have fans. You're like, maybe I'll just start playing older guys, even though I'm 33. Should we say hashtag Tom is bald? Hashtag Tom is bald. <laughs> By the way, no, 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 because men really are insecure. I don't think Tom really cares. I don't think he gives a fuck about his hair, which I wish I didn't. Yeah. I do. Aww. And you do too. That's why this is what you do. Order now. My listeners get a month, get a trial month of hymns for just $5 right now while supplies last. Go to the website to see the full details. This would cost hundreds hundreds of dollars if you went to a doctor or a pharmacy. Go to 4 slash BertCast. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash BertCast. 4 com slash BertCast. Do it. Do it. There's a lot of things I'll tell you as a man that I think I... I'm glad I did. Another one, life insurance policy. This is a new sponsor. It's called Policy Genius. Leanne is really behind this. My dad told me I needed life insurance policy, life insurance policy when we first had kids. He's like, "Buddy, you can't leave your you, you can't leave your family in the lurch." And so I did not want to get a life insurance policy. I didn't want the doc. I knew they were going to do a test on me. I knew they were going to say, you're dying from something anyway. We can't insure you. And then I knew I'd leave my family with nothing. So the whole end, the whole process of getting a life insurance policy is fucking confusing and overwhelming. It is overwhelming to know which one is the right one for you. I think we had to get like a broker. We did. We got a broker. It yeah, was like, yeah. fuck this. We got a broker for our health insurance too. It was a mess. It's really hard. Light, policy genius takes care of all that. It's the easiest way to compare life insurance policies online. In just five minutes, you can compare quotes from the top insurers to find the best policy for you. And when you compare the quotes, you save money. It's that fucking simple. Policy Genius has helped over 4 million people shop for insurance, place $20 billion in coverage. And guys, here's the best part. They don't just do life insurance. They do health insurance, disability insurance, renter's insurance. If you care about it, they insure it. Go to this place. I'm telling you right now, life insurance is so important. It really is. And if you've got people you love and people you care about, don't just think it's not going to happen to me. It's going to happen to you. 
you will die. That is the truth of life. Everybody does. That's what they say. Oof. I just got fucking a panic attack. You did? But yeah, that's why I didn't never even got, that's why I never wanted life insurance <laughs> policy. Cause I don't, I don't, I don't think about, like, I don't like thinking about death, but you got to go on, go on life insurance policy, go to policy genius and compare and get yourself life insurance and take care of your family. So you know that that one time when you do pass, you, everyone will be taken care of. If you've been putting off life insurance, there's no reason to put it off any longer. Go to policygenius.com, get quotes, apply in minutes. It's that fucking easy. You can do it right now. Do it right now. You should because the rates are the lowest they've been in 20 years. Policygenius.com. It's the easiest way to compare and buy life insurance. Thank you, Policy Genius. They don't have a Burtcast like little thing in here, but... Just know, Burtcast, if you see like a space, put in Burtcast. Yeah. So. There's a microphone or something. Uh, an, I got to tell you right now, in all honesty, probably my brand new favorite sponsor ever is Bird Dogs. We were on vacation in Alabama and Florida, and I wore, wore these fucking pants every day. Birddogs.com. These pants, I ran to jog. I'm not even fucking joking. I never took them off. I ran them to jog. I, I wore them to swim in the ocean, to swim in the lake, to uh, jet ski, to uh, to ski, to swim, to run. I wore them at dinner. I, I wore these pants so much. I was, a fr- I was like, this is when you find out like how good the, the, the product is. Right. So I'm going to wear these fucking things out. He wore them out. It was crazy. Here's why I love them. Because I like the one on a pair of pants that you can just put on for the day and you don't have to think you're done. All you got to do is change out your shirts every now and then. And these pants are fucking awesome. They're breathable. They have a soft, silky, soft liner that goes on the inside. And I like that. Because when you go swimming, I don't wear underwear ever. I don't like wearing underwear. But if they're built into the pants, I don't mind it. Right. Um, these... And, it, and it, if you're not well, that's underwear, not true because you don't like the ones that have the mesh panties in them. What are you talking about? The, for a bathing suit. Oh, I don't like. No, I don't. No, yeah, you I don't, don't like those. I don't kind. like those because no. my I got too big a junk, oh, and so it fills it? it out. Yeah, it fills it out, <laughs> and it makes my inseam tight. I'm so sure. You've seen it. You've seen it. You <laughs> saw it this why morning. I say it's I'm so sure. It's my hoopa, my chupa, fupa. Anyway. um... These pants are fucking awesome. Stanhope tweeted out as I was like going through line. Stanhope's like, um, my new favorite pants are bird dogs. And then I was like, I want to see Doug's pasty white fucking legs and bird dogs. He should be the poster boy of these pants. He should be because he would look probably really great in them. These pants really are fucking gym shorts with a fucking built-in soft liner. They dry faster than regular bathing suits, in my opinion. And when I don't wear underwear with a bathing suit, I chafe my dick. So, cause it, so big and so yeah yeah once again so big these things are awesome buy them you're gonna fucking love them what's cool about them too is they come in like three different lengths so you can get like short medium and long i want to get the really short shorts i call them the dan bilzerians Ah. i want to get the short short ones because i was i was like hey where are those we ordered last week i gotta look into that remember we ordered some from tom for tom oh yeah oh shit oh well anywhere anyway uh I'm not going to read much of the copy because you don't need to hear it. Trust me when I say these are the perfect summer pants. You can get wet in them. They dry quickly. You can wear them out. They don't look like bathing suits. You can wear them out. We, I wore them out to dinner one night. Yeah, totally. They look like you could wear them to the country club. You could wear them to dinner. You and they have wear them so many golf. different fashions. I got the Russian meddlers. No, no, I got, I think I got the Russian meddlers. Are they? That's what they're called. Red, white, and blue ones? 
No, no, those are the American flag ones. The blue? I got two. I have two pairs. I'm buying more. They're that fucking great, and I'm buying all the different sizes or the different like. Um, give you a heads up. I bought the double XLs. I'm a size 38 in the waist. They're perfectly comfortable. Okay, so if you're a size 38, buy the double XLs. I I always buy XL, but I looked. Look at their size chart. But these really are fantastic pants. I really want them to make long pants with these on built-in underliners. Yeah, I was wondering if they were going to. Go to birddogs.com, enter the promo code BERTCAST, and they'll throw in a free dad hat. You need the fucking hat. It's like a $50 hat. And if you're not wearing a hat in the summer, you're just asking for skin cancer. That's birddogs.com. I promise you, birddogs.com, enter the promo code BERTCAST, and you get a free hat birddogs.com I swear to god you will not take these fucking pants off they are that fucking great last but certainly not least my buddy Ned Kenny at laughable maybe I shouldn't say his full name but fuck it second your shows are here are some talking points okay have you tried the laughable app yet if not, what are you waiting for? I love Ned so much. But his fucking, his copy points. Laughable is an app that we all, we're all fans of. We're all, I think, I mean, all of us are like vested owners in it. Um, we believe in it because we're podcast fans. And if you're a podcast fan, then you know that you find someone good on a podcast, you want to find all the shit they've been on. And to be honest with you, the iTunes store is not, the iTunes is not that good for that. It's not it's very user friendly. Really I have to, to tell find you. That. I have a really hard time finding stuff on iTunes. I get frustrated. Yeah, and it, it it's the easiest way to track down and keep track of all your favorite comics. So many people I notice will be on my podcast and then all of a sudden be comic of the week because people are like, oh shit, that fucking person is amazing. Theo Vaughn's one of those people that like people found him on one thing and they want to find him on everything he's on and Laughable's right. the best way to find that. Um, go to the iPhone app, get Laughable. It's the number one podcast la uh, app in... It is. It's the number one podcast app, but yeah. they're working on an ad Android version. It's they 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 don't have that yet. It's just really for for Apple. So uh, whatever app you're using for the podcast, you'll like Laughable better. Just Google Laughable for the iPhone download link and Android waitlist. Fucking Androids. And if you've already been using Laughable, please do this do this favor for Ned. Okay, give them a five star review in the App Store. I want to fucking find something fucking hilarious to do to Ned to give everyone give him a five star review and then just write God good old Ned good old Ned <laughs> good old Ned give them a give them a review in the app store and say something funny about Ned I'm gonna go in and look at the reviews on the app store and uh, on open tabs we'll read some of the funny reviews okay but that's it for reads everyone sorry that was took so long um, not that bad maybe 10 20 minutes that's not so bad uh, today's podcast gas is Zach Bitter I've talked about this a little bit at the at the beginning but I know that uh, you guys listen to this part more um, Zach is an ultra marathon runner he is one of the best in the world he like I said running ran 100 miles in seven minutes a mile which is fucking amazing and I wanted him to have him on the podcast because he said he could get my marathon time down to like four hours 20 minutes and I was like, holy shit, I would love that. By the way, a marathon would be so much more enjoyable if I didn't have to run an extra hour. So so I wanted to have him on the podcast. I was out in Phoenix. He lives out there with his beautiful wife. I think it's his wife or his girlfriend. I don't know. I can't remember. I don't know. But uh, she's on the podcast a little bit. She is also a fucking insanely amazing runner. But uh, we talk about jumpstarting my life. And at the time we talked about this, Ari and I had said, Ari said he wanted to run a marathon with me. 
he was impressed by the fact that I ran a marathon and he wanted to run a marathon. And he said, let's find a beautiful downhill marathon. Yeah. Because, yeah, you, they have downhill marathons where people run those to qualify for the New York marathon. Oh, yeah. you get a faster time. It's right. a lot easier. Well, I would imagine. Yeah. And so uh, he goes, Ari's like, let's find a beautiful downhill marathon in like a gorgeous setting and we'll run it. And Zach and his and his wife, I can't, I, I'm sorry, I, I recorded this a little bit ago, so I don't, not everyone's name's on the tip of my tongue. But Zach and his beautiful wife said uh, they'd run it with us. So That's awesome. Yeah. And so uh, I'm working on the triathlon right now. But as soon as the triathlon's over, I'm going to look for a cool exotic location and head out there with Ari and Zach. And, uh, and we're going to do, we're going to try to get a, a fucking tight ass marathon. Nice. So without further ado, guys, you've heard him on Joe Rogan. He is the fucking tits when it comes to running. Ultra marathon runner. Or is it ultra runner? Ultra marathon runner. Ultra runner? Ultra marathoner? Ultra marathon. Ultraman. Ultra how about, mega. How about this? Huh? My friend. Yeah. Zach Bitter. Nice. This is Yeah, I wouldn't consider the jog I went on today a jog in your book. <laughs> like, I think it was, you'd be like, really? That was a jog. Um, it was right up that mountain with the A on it. Oh, yeah. The, the a, what is it called? A mountain, is it, even, I think? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was like, I was, I've was i been drinking a lot this week. <laughs> so, uh, do you drink? Uh, yeah, not not a lot, but... Like, um, define drinking. Well, so, <laughs> so when you say that I wouldn't consider your run a jog, you probably wouldn't consider my drinking a drink. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I'm not opposed to, like, some whiskey or a glass of red wine at night or something from time to time. Yeah. So. <laughs> do you have a hard... Do you, do you feel... Can you feel it the next day when you run the booze? Um, not too much but i usually stop after one or two so oh, okay like yeah if i i would if i would go go deep like six maybe or do you something have like do you that. have those nights though rarely anymore but i've certainly had them in the past how old are you, how old are you? a 32 god you're fucking young as shit <laughs> 32 when did you start when did you start running taking like taking running seriously uh probably seriously when i got into college uh where'd you I, go to school asu uh, no, I actually am from Wisconsin originally. So, oh, really? Yeah, I went to a Division three school, uh, University of Wisconsin-Stevens Point. Mm -hmm. um, and then I actually moved out west fairly recently. In 2015, I moved to California, kind of on the Sacramento area. And then just this January, Nicole and I moved uh, to Phoenix. So we're actually just maybe about 10 minutes north of the airport up by the Phoenix Mountain Preserves now. So got some good running back there. <laughs> really? What, what brought you down here? Is it the running? Uh, yeah, and work a little bit too. Nicole's an attorney and her uh, her job kind of had her coming this way. And then um, my stuff is running coaching. And then I actually work for one of my sponsors, Ultra Footwear. And I do some of their events and things around the, the Arizona area. So, really? Yeah. So what's it like being like, are you a professional runner? Um, I guess it depends on how you look at it. Like, uh, I think in ultra running, it's a small enough sport where to be like truly professional, where your only objective is to train and race is, is fairly rare. So I definitely do other things too. Um, but I have a lot of flexibility to make sure I get in the, the training I need to get in to be ready for races and stuff. So, um, yeah, at least is there, is there prize money in ultra running? Uh, some races. A lot of times what ends up, ends up happening is if you do well at certain events or like do well, yeah, do well at certain events more or less, you'll, you'll attract sponsors and stuff like that. And then that's what usually pays. Um, there's not a lot of actual like big prize money races in ultra marathon running, although there is some, 
um, but very small compared to what you'd see in like other sports. So then what, just out of curiosity, what like, if you were to run just a marathon, mm-hmm. how, how competitive could you be in just a marathon? Oh, like when you're looking at like top tier elites, I'd be getting spanked. Really? <laughs> yeah. I met, I met, I met, um, I met in Australia way before marathons were even something mm-hmm. like I had talked about them. Uh, my dad was really into marathons. Mm-hmm. Like my, so my dad ran, um, at Villanova in the sixties for a guy named Jumbo Elliott, who was like a big running coach back then. Okay. And, uh, was I wouldn't say, and I'm sure this is probably back before, back during civil rights, but was competitive enough where there was an uh, even a possibility he might go to the Olympics. Oh, really? Like, wow. yeah, yeah. I don't know what he did. I think he did a half half mile. Okay. But cool. so I was always into running, and oddly enough, despite me being fat as fuck right now, <laughs> I was always into running. I ran track in high school. I ran mm-hmm. the two twenty and the four forty. Okay. And my dad was real coachy about it uh-huh. like i knew about fartlicks before like when i was in eighth grade <laughs> and so um that's like nicole she was heavy into it in an early age really yeah yeah she was what, what was your mile time in like seventh grade eighth grade 540 say that 540 holy yeah, so shit as an eighth grader she was running a 540 so like, yeah so she uh she got a little more serious than i was early on but yeah so you were really into it back well, then. I was too. into it and then it was always something like I did it in college uh but not like I I I not to like the extent you know it was like back then in college I felt like running 2 miles was a really long run uh-huh. you know like that it sounds crazy um and then when I got out to LA I started hiking a lot I really enjoyed hiking I really enjoyed it but I hadn't. I'd always thought, oh, I want to try a marathon, and I, I was in uh, in Sydney doing the Sydney Opera House uh-huh. for uh, comedy, and uh, they had the Sydney Marathon that week. And I went down, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, this is like." <laughs> I remember that shit when I was a kid, like the after party. Yeah. I, and I gotta be honest with you, marathon after parties suck dick. <laughs> Half marathons where it's at. That's where it's it, at. Oh my god! For like, I'm talking for the Ham and Eggers, like me. Sure. sure. Like. First of all, I'll work it backwards, okay? Uh-huh. The best after party is those uh, is is a 5K. Fucking 5Ks. <laughs> Everyone can do a fucking 5K. And and then and have energy to have fun afterwards. Oh, yeah. You want it and then you want to take it to the next level, do one of those uh, obstacle races like the Spartan oh, race. Oh, yeah. Huh? Those are like 5K, the Sprint Spartans, 5K, 20 obstacles and everyone's getting hammered afterwards. I did one at Dodger Stadium. Uh-huh. And we were eating Dodger dogs after. It was like no it was hilarious. But um, when I did the marathon, I was like, I got done. I was like, fuck this. I was like, I want to go home. Or take a nap. Yeah. Dude, I felt like, I was like, this is how you, the soldiers come, feel when they come back from war. And they're like, yeah, I'd love to sit around and talk to everyone. I want to be with my wife. I want to go home with her. I don't want to have sex. I don't want to go to bed. I want to sleep in my own bed. I want to go on a meal. I want a beer. Like that's. We'll party in a week. Yeah. Oh my God. I was fucking destroyed from that marathon. Um, but, uh. But I met this guy in Sydney who was like, oh, yeah, I, I, try, I do. I, I'm a competitive half marathoner. And mm-hmm. I was like, in my head, I was like, who the fuck does that? Like, why half marathons? And that right around then is when, you know, I heard about ultra marathons. Well, probably a little bit before then, but I was like, my, my sound guy, um, I wish I remembered his name, was into ultra marathons. Okay. And I was like, what is the draw? Like, after having done marathon, I'm like fascinated by 
Why go further? Like, <laughs> yeah, like what? Like, don't you feel like a sense of claustrophobia? Like when you go, all right, I'm running like 50 miles today or 100 miles. Yeah, you know, the interesting thing about it, I think, is like, and what ends up usually happening is people kind of get into the sport and they're like, they get into this idea of I'm going to do something I've never done before. And that's kind of this, both like you said, kind of claustrophobic, both scary and exciting at the same time. And then when they do it, they get like this almost, I mean, it, it's a fairly similar, I think, for a lot of people post-marathon where, you know, sometimes even if you have a bad race, you're like, you feel trashed a little bit, but then like you kind of get ingratiated into the community and uh, you start loving it. And then it's like, you even have a bad race. You say, I'm never doing another one again. And then the next day you're online looking for another race. Dude, that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> yeah. I got done that marathon. I said, I'm fucking done. I'll and then never. a couple of days later, like, hmm, what do we do next? <laughs> someone said to me, someone said to me at the finish line, like, I, cause I was very vocal that I was running this marathon with no training. Yeah. And so fans were everywhere throughout the race mm -hmm. all like had everyone had like so one guy gave me a gator like an ice cold gatorade i was like yeah. fuck yeah <laughs> i remember one guy gave me a bottle of water it was so cold i was like dude there's fucking vodka in this i know it <laughs> like there was a guy playing guitar with my shirt on like waiting for me it was bizarre how communal it was and when i got done someone who worked for the marathon who knew me was waiting for me and he had my medal to put on me and he was like, congratulations on your first marathon machine. I was like, you said it wrong. You mean my last marathon. <laughs> Never doing this shit again. And then I started going like, fuck, like. The Mickey Mantle jeans kicked in. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that Mickey Mantle jean was fucking flexing until mile 20. At mile 20, at mile 20, I, both my calves seized up. Uh -huh. Like they seized up and I went, whoa. I was like, oh, they're, oh, I actually may not be able to finish this. Like, my legs aren't working right now. Yeah. And then both my quads shot up into my jock, and I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. And then the woman in front of me shit her pants, and I was oh, like, yeah. I was like, oh, it just got real. And we were jogging down Sepulveda. I don't even, like, walk. I don't like driving down Sepulveda, and we're jogging down it. And I'm like, fuck this road. Fuck this street. I was, like, I was like, oh, my God. And then I was like, that's when I realized, I was like, oh, your body can give out. Mm -hmm. Like has that ever happened to you? Like where you're like 30 miles in and you're like, oh, I'm my body's not working right anymore. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it gets a little. A lot of times that that can kind of happen. Well, you you went untrained, so the likelihood of that happening is a lot higher in that scenario because yeah. you're gonna reach into some like pretty unfamiliar territory. Yeah, um, it's been a while since I've had it where it's just like complete body shutdown. But there's certainly like races or workouts I do where I'm just like suffering at the end coming in slow but it becomes relative at that point too where like um you know like i think uh like the shutdown's a little different because you've kind of like experienced it before and you kind of know the signs so sometimes you back off a little bit before that yeah um whereas when you've never had that before you're probably just kind of tooling around and then all of a sudden like whoa something's not working anymore and then it just comes up really quick but um i know like uh you know some people pass out and things like that uh i have in in not in a race, but in like, I did a charity run way back when I first kind of started ultra running and, and passed out. And, uh, Nicole's passed out in a race before. <laughs> really? So yeah. So what was, what year was it? Did you Western States that you passed out? Um, I think it was 2016. Okay. So she's also finished sixth place. So Western States 100 is like the most competitive hundred miler in North America and really? some years the most competitive in the world. So she's been sixth there a couple of times. Really? Um, I to make sure she's in the shot. Oh, yeah. oh no, no, I <laughs> just want to make sure all three of us are in here. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, fuck. There we go. Uh, 
Yeah, because everyone will be like, yo, I heard a voice. Where the fuck was she? <laughs> so, so Where, where's this person coming from? <laughs> so then, okay, so let's start me at the beginning. How do, uh-huh. how do you, what, what gets you into ultra marathon? Like, what? You run a obviously like mm-hmm. at the very beginning. Just tell me at the very beginning. You run a sure. marathon and mm-hmm. then you're like, "Fuck it." Yeah. Well, so you know, I was very much into running in college. Like when you're running on a collegiate program, like you very much learn kind of like the science and the methodology behind training and racing. Um, and for me, it was uh, I got really fascinated by the long run. So like on Sundays in college, we would do a long run, and usually, is it, what is it? What my dad always used to say. LDS, LSD. Yep, yep, yep. uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, LSD, long, slow distance. <laughs> yeah, LSD, LSD. And I was yep. like, what? Uh-huh, yeah. So we would do, um, usually it depended a little bit on what distance you're training for, but uh, by the time we were like juniors and seniors, if we were on like the distance crew, which is kind of like 5K, 10K type stuff, um, we'd be doing usually 15, 18 mile long runs. And uh, I just loved that one. That was my favorite workout of the week. Um, really? So, yeah, so after college, I was sick of doing speed work. Like I was like, I don't want to see another 400 meter on the track. I don't want to see another mile repeat or any of that stuff. But I really liked to run, so I'm like, I'm just gonna do all long runs. So I kind of just started building up my volume and just kind of doing, doing long runs. Um, and I jumped in a couple marathons. Uh, I look back at it now and I realize like how many mistakes I made in the training process for that. Uh, yeah. But um, after I did a few marathons. Uh, I was just looking around for races on online one day, and I saw this 50 miler in Wisconsin. And uh, I was and like, is that the first you ever heard of these ultras? Uh, you know, I had read a book. Um, it was called Ultra Marathon Man that uh, kind of like tuned me into what like the like oh there's this world of people who run these like freakishly long distances and yeah. and I'd read that and I was like ah oh, man I'm, I'm at the time when I read that book I think I was in my early 20s yeah uh so I my thought my first thought was like I want to do one of those someday but I'll probably wait till I'm like 30 uh <laughs> until I've had a chance to like try out some other stuff and then I, I ended up doing my first one at age 24 and that kind of piqued my interest enough where I was like all right I want to do some more of these. And so then the next year I did that same event again. And then I actually ended up doing three fifty milers in a nine week time frame. Then I was hooked. So then it was like 2012. I've been just basically focusing on ultra marathons since then. Really? But it's like, I was kind of saying before, like, like uh, people don't always think they're going to like it or they wonder like, what is that going to be like? But then when you do one, it just kind of draws you in and continues to draw you in. I mean, I remember my, uh, when I first decided to run and uh, cross country and track in college I sat down and met with the coach and he told me kind of like the breakdown of what freshmen through seniors do and and he said like yeah the incoming freshmen are usually training like 50 miles a week and then you know sophomores are getting up to 60 maybe 70 juniors and seniors they'll be in the 70 80 mile range and in the summer their peak mileage might even hit 90 to 100 and I remember thinking when he told me that I'll never run a 90 mile week in my life and you know oh now it's like now you... run that a day <laughs> Jesus wait what do I run so I do, I do six miles, but it's not it's not real six miles. It's a two mile jog, a mm-hmm. uh, hike up a mountain, a mile up and a mile down, uh-huh. and then a two mile jog home. So that's right? actually probably more than six miles. You know what the metric they usually say with that is? Is if you look at if you're running flat, you just look at okay, I ran this many miles. Yeah. But if you're doing hilly stuff, a lot of times what they say is it's your mileage. And then it, the, the way to convert it is like, and it's a little rudimentary, but for every thousand feet of climbing you do within that run is like an extra mile. So if you do a six mile run with a thousand feet of climbing, it's, it's probably more like a seven mile run. Really? Well, I do that. I do that every day I'm home. And then I started, I fucking Rogan got me hooked up with this, uh, 
thing called an assault fitness okay. air runner. Have you heard of these? Uh, is the, are those like aerodyne bike? Is that what it is? It's it's it's, it's a it is a treadmill that oh. has no that has no uh, uh-huh. power. Okay. So you, it is just a legit. Yeah. You power the thing, mm-hmm. and those suck Satan's dick. <laughs> those are the worst. I curse by the way. I hope you guys don't mind. I, no, I, as I'm, as I, yeah, I'm like saying horrible shit, but um, they are three miles on that. It, I, I ran four miles the other day on it, and it took me an hour, an hour to get four miles. And I was like, and by the way, I normally would do four miles in, on my old treadmill. Mm-hmm. I would easily do it in in like forty five minutes, very easily, like eleven minute miles, uh-huh. like just jog, you know. But you, this is more like a hamster wheel. It, it is mean, a hamster wheel, so you're pushing it, it, yeah. And it's just it. I'm certain it's building more muscle in my legs. I noticed that. Running is jogging is getting a little easier for me, mm-hmm. but it is it is a beast. Even walking at a four, which is what I used to do, is I used to put a box of wine on my treadmill, uh-huh. turn it onto <laughs> a four, and just walk and watch uh, guys uh, diners driving the dives, uh-huh. and I just watch. I'd walk for like seven miles. Yeah, like just being a four is in three minutes. I'm pouring sweat. Uh-huh. I'm not in the best physical shape, <laughs> but um, but yeah. So I figure I probably run six, seven, maybe 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 like. 20 miles a week okay 25 miles a week mm-hmm. maybe maybe and what do you run what do you run like when you're like these days like what are you running in a week yeah so when it like i kind of train in like cycles so there's like build-ups to races and then kind of recovery uh so like in peak weeks and stuff like that i'll be hitting like 120 plus miles uh <clears throat> if you look at it like on average across the course of the year it averages out to be about 100 miles a week when you add in like recovery day recovery like deload weeks recovery days and things like that um, but usually most years, if I'm injury free, I'm hitting between about 5,000 and 5,500 miles, which comes out to just a little over about hundred miles a week on average. That's the funnest part of running. Did you ever keep, do you ever keep a running diary? Uh, yes. Um, now that stuff is like so digital. It's so digital. Yeah. yeah. I used to have the book. You remember, remember the book that it was like, all, it was like a man's foot. It was in red, I think. Uh-huh. And you just fill in your, I'd write in what I ate during the day, during yeah. the week. And I'd run my <laughs> mileage. And it was so much fun to get done a run, go up to your room, open your diary, yeah, write your uh-huh. mileage in. Now you're right. You miss like, that sometimes though, actually like taking out a physical pen and pencil and just like, this is what I did. Yeah. It's almost like a motivating thing, like a little reward at the end. But now it's like you just plug your watch into the computer and poof, like shows up. Yeah. Oh yeah, I can pull up all my mileage. I've, today I don't. I I was so rough on that hill. Uh huh. Like I was like it was it's straight up. That's a not, that's a legit climb. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I got up to the top and then I took I took Instagram and I made it look like I climbed a mountain. Yeah. So I just showed the rock and then me getting up to the top. I total cheated it. But um, but so then so the thing the thing that fascinated me the most about the marathon was training for it would make it very doable mm-hmm. um but the recovery was i kind of fucked my body up a little bit uh-huh like and i and the recovery took forever for me yeah, after the marathon yeah and it and i ended up gaining weight from it because i couldn't walk for four days right and i was eating like a savage because i just ran a fucking marathon yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it was actually one of, i was like I was 225 when I ran the marathon, mm-hmm. and I'm 235 right now. I gained 10 pounds after the marathon. Uh-huh. And so, like, what do you do recovery-wise? Yeah, so uh, a lot of people would consider my approach a little different. Um, but what I do is, 
so a lot of times when people finish with big rap fat like that, they think like, I'm going to eat whatever I want. I'm going to eat a ton of carbs. I'm going to replace all that glycogen. Um, it is very so easy much. to do that. <laughs> I ate so much. So what I've been doing, and I haven't done this always, but what I've been doing more recently is after a race, I cut the carbs out almost all together and eat like I focus mostly on like fatty cuts of meat um, and like what that helps me do is limit the amount of like swelling and kind of like inflammation and oxidative stress that I caused in my legs and I feel like I bounce back a lot quicker when I kind of do that really and the, the interesting thing to me about that approach is like people are kind of they think you have to eat a bunch of carbs afterwards because you just like spent all that energy but really like you're gonna spend a few days kind of like being a little more lazy after a race like that like I mean like you said you couldn't walk for four days and you're not alone on that I've I've done races where I could barely walk for a few days afterwards as really? well. yeah so like at that point like the amount of energy I'm expending is very low and the energy I am expending is slow burning stuff so like I don't feel a need to kind of retap a like a really fast acting fuel source the way I kind of view carbohydrates is as kind of like more or less like caffeine or rocket fuel where a little bit can make you give you like a nice little pop but too much can kind of burn you out a little bit so when I do use carbohydrates and stuff like that, I use it a lot more sparingly around like big training weeks and like really? efforts and stuff like That's that. That's a really interesting way to use that because I look at caffeine that way. I actually do not enjoy caffeine. Mm -hmm. uh, like I had a cup of coffee for the walk for the run today, but I I don't I, I'm not I don't enjoy it. I'm doing it just to get a little bit of energy to get me through my run. Uh huh. And then I I actually don't drink the whole thing and I throw it out uh -huh. like halfway through. But that's an interesting way to look at carbs because I'm starting to feel like I'm a, I eat so little amount of carbs and I'm starting to feel like I'm allergic to carbs. Uh -huh. Like if I have rice, that there's a sushi pokey place over there. Oh, Nicole loves pokey. Oh, they've got pokey burritos. She's leave us and go get some. <laughs> fuzzies. Um, oh, so I am the biggest fuzzies fan and I didn't know they had any here. Oh, it's right across so, the street. I know. I saw them on the way here, so I'm going to make Zach. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we might have to go to fuzzies after your show tonight. <laughs> so so you, you, you view carbs. And when you say carbs for energy, like what kind of carbs? you talking about uh i focus a lot on kind of more slow release carbohydrates so like sweet potatoes <laughs> berries melons um raw honey even, stuff like that i don't even count those as carbs <laughs> i thought you were gonna say snickers bar <laughs> <laughs> fettuccine alfredo <laughs> like do you no. stay away from like pastas yeah i don't i don't really mess around too much with grains um or sugars i will do like the most refined sugar i'll get will be like if i'm in a race I'll be using something a little more refined as as a little bit of a fueling strategy during the race itself. Like those gel things? Yeah, stuff like that. Like those gel I, things fucking rock. Yeah, so hey, I have a, I, I work with a company called X Endurance who makes a whole bunch of products like that. Um, so that's what I use. And I told them I was coming on your show and they said, let Bert know he can have anything he wants from that website. So, so Okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm going on that. It's one of my favorite things in the world, yeah. <laughs> That, that's crazy. Yeah, the uh, those gels were fucking like lifesavers because you just pop one and it had caffeine in it. And you just yeah. be like, all right, I'm back. It's it's like rocket fuel. And I think the, the problem is, I mean, sometimes people will look at my approach and they'll say, okay, he's ketogenic or high fat, low carb. And they think that I hate carbs or demonize carbs. And I don't. I love carbs for the right purpose. It's just I don't feel like I need nearly as many as what the the traditional endurance protocol has spoken for. So like for my if you looked at my year like the average as I like kind of would break down what I'm eating, it probably comes out to around 10% of my diet is carbohydrate. And there'll be points where it's like basically zero and there's going to be points where it gets up closer to 20%, maybe even 30 if it's a really big effort day. Yeah. Um 
But then, like I said, after a big effort or a big race or something, then I'm dropping it really low so I can recover quicker um, and kind of reset stuff. Because one thing like uh, that you can do if you kind of like you can get be a better fat burner by working out. You can move the needle on your fat burning capabilities by just doing like like runs and stuff like that. But you can really burn move the needle on how well you burn fat by just eating more fat and less carbs. So, um, so tell, okay, so let, let's fix me. All so right. <laughs> how do, how, how do I, in order to get to like a four hour marathon, mm-hmm. I, four and a half hour marathon, I definitely need to lose weight. Right. Sure. And so I feel like running isn't even doing anything for me anymore. Cause I feel like, uh-huh. I feel like I'm like, I, it, I, I'm like, I tried intermittent fasting, but intermittent fasting, like 16 hours of not eating and then eating for eight hours, that's a lot like an eating disorder. <laughs> like, I feel like I go, okay, I'm yeah. just not eating. Okay, this is this is how this works. I just, I'm hungry. Yeah, there's simpler ways to do that. And, like, I think um, when you put down, like, intermittent fasting at its best, I think, is done intuitively. So, it just happens, like, when you get your body working for you, you might have an intermittent fast, but it should happen on accident. Yeah. It shouldn't be like, like, uh, like I was talking to someone about this the other day. It's like, if you're doing an intermittent fast in the middle of an endurance training program and you're sitting there looking at the clock thinking, if I can make it two more hours, I hit my intermittent fast, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. So like, um, like what you'll do is when you get things working really well for you, what'll happen, there might be a day where you get busy or something and you end up, Oh wow. It's been like, it's been 16 hours since I ate. And then like you start getting hungry and you probably eat a little bigger meal after that. Cause yeah. you had went without for a little while. Um, what I would do for, with you um, to kind of, what we'd want to do is we want to kind of do what I call a hard reset, where we try to get you to be just a really prime fat burner. So for like three or four weeks. Hard reset. I like that. Yeah. I like that you're putting buzzwords <laughs> in my head that I can I can attach dreams to. I'm the, I'm the fucking idiot that buys into the, like the whatever the thing is that you, uh, outliers, whatever you say to the thing, I go, oh yeah, hard reset. I need a hard reset. Okay. How do I hard reset? So a hard reset in the best circumstance would be like three or four weeks where you would cut your carbs really low just okay. it kind of be like a similar to your sober October experience where like you're like all right I'm gonna commit to this for four weeks and I'm gonna do it right and then once you get to that we would reevaluate kind of where you're at and what our next steps would be now when you say carbs mm-hmm. where does Tito's and soda fall into this Ooh, that's a tricky one so oh, actually, <laughs> okay. keep going so so here's the thing like alcohol is more or less a fourth macronutrient so it's like you have carbohydrates, fats, proteins, and al- alcohol is technically kind of this other one. It behaves kind of like a carbohydrate on steroids, more or less, because oh. what you have there is something that absorbs faster than a sugar, but it comes in with a bigger punch. Car- or a sugar has like four, uh, four calories to a gram, whereas like an alcohol would have, I think it's like seven calories to a gram, but it also goes faster. So it's almost like a, um, this kind of goofy like outlier, I guess, of fuel. Um, can uh, we do the hard reset with Tito's and soda? Um, it's easier not. I'm looking at my calendar, and so I, I'm on the road next week. Here, here's here's let, let me let's let's actually fast forward a second. Here. Okay, we can come back to the hard reset. Okay, I like what this. I think I would like to see happen for you is I don't want to put you in a position where you'd be like, oh, I can't drink alcohol anymore because well, I don't think yeah. that fits your lifestyle. It does not. <laughs> <laughs> what I would like to do is put you in a position where the amount of alcohol you're drinking now can be brought down to a third, but have the same effect. So here's, oh, like here's, here's a, a somewhat unknown benefit of the high, high fat, low carb diet is your alcohol tolerance lowers most often. So like oh. when, yeah. So like for me, like when I would, when I would follow a higher carb approach, it would like, I would sit down and, you know, want to get, you know, have a, have a few drinks. 
I would, you know, if I drank like half a bottle of wine, I would get a good buzz from that. But then if I, now if I sit down and have a single glass of wine, I get a good buzz from it. And the tolerance seems to stay there. The same kind of thing kind of happens with caffeine too, actually, from my experience. Yeah, I feel like since I've been on a higher fat approach, like when I have a cup of coffee, it has a little more pop to it than it did in the past. So I'd have to talk to someone smarter than me to tell me what's going on exactly there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what you know. And, uh, you know, when two glasses of wine becomes one, you get the same effect. You're like, hey, not a bad thing. I'm cool with that. I'll go start drinking single Tito's and sodas. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Wait. Nicole wants to chime in. So wait, wait. actually, I should preface this. Nicole is a is a vodka connoisseur, so she's much more along the lines of the Tito's approach, like you are. Yeah. Yeah. So I am just before I moved to Phoenix, I lived in California for about four months, but then I had been in Dallas, Texas, for nine years. So um, I know I I'm a Tito's fan, but <laughs> I actually do drink probably more than Zach does. Yeah. And especially because I travel a lot for work and I just find that I'm in work functions and I end up drinking and I like to have a drink or so before I go to sleep every day. Um, but yeah, I've always been, a, I've always, um, I've always drank. Um, so I know you're feeling there yeah. and I don't like to give it up either. So, <laughs> yeah. and usually he, I follow more the approach and I, I still keep it up. And I do notice, like Zach said, I don't really have to drink a ton to kind of feel the effect. I'm looking for that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I'm that way with marijuana. If I take one hit of weed, I'm like, okay, I'm high. And so, and by, I just buy really high end weed. So then almost like, let's dummy this down for me. Uh-huh. Tell me what to eat. Tell me, uh, let's do a day. of How, what, how, how would simple it? do you want to make it? fucking see very simple okay so i guess it depends on how you look at simple the most simple way to go um during the hard reset is just to eat like fatty cuts of meat like so like, or like brisket like brisket like any any meat essentially uh you want to avoid processed stuff if you can so yeah. like um stuff that's like packaged and doesn't need to be refrigerated is like more or less something you maybe would want to avoid but like a brisket steak burger um, I like this. I like this, uh, but no like bun. Salmon. But no bun. No bun. Yeah, no bun. Okay. Okay. Um, and like, so I wake up. I wake up. I have uh, three eggs. Eggs, bacon, something like that. Eggs yep. and bacon. Okay, mm-hmm. I can do yep. that. Super fucking easy. Yep. Yep. Am I watching the calories or am I just no. going just no. eat? Yes. Oh, Here, here's uh, the idea. These are the these are the rules. This is why this this way of doing it is the simplified version. Is you eat as much meat. Um, and when I say meat, I mean like like eggs are fine. Full fat dairy is you fine. You need the fat. So, yes, so don't try to lean it out. Right. No, don't try to lean it out. Um, so yeah, eat until you're full and then stop and then don't eat again until you're hungry again. But if you get hungry again, make some more eggs or, you know, have some steak, have some burger, okay. you know, something like that. Um, yeah. So uh, that's kind of what you'd want to do for those four first four weeks. And then what that'll do is it'll just get you to be a really good fat burner. Okay. Um, and I so, would, so like I'm really dumbing it down for me. Eggs and bacon for breakfast. At lunch, I'm going to have... Can I have like greens and stuff? Like I eat a salad with some meat on it um, or stay away from we, greens? We can go to that approach if you want. Um, no, so, no, no, no. Make it simple. Okay. So then you, what, what I would, what I think would, what I'd be very interested to see what, what would happen for you would be if you did what, what Sean, you know who Sean Baker is? He went uh-huh. on Joe Rogan. He was the guy who only ate meat. Um, is he black? No, no. Uh, I'm thinking of David Grogan. Yeah, uh, yeah. David Goggins. Yeah, Goggins. yeah. No, he's it's someone else. So Sean Baker's this uh, this guy who does an, an all-meat diet. He's eaten nothing but meat for, I think, about a year and a half now. And he just does, like, steaks all the time. And he's 51, and he's breaking, like, these world records on these rowing machines for his age group. And he's going after, like, the world record deadlift for, like, 50 to 55. Holy shit. Yeah, he's just, like, this 
he's a former professional rugby player so he's like he's like twice my size like solid muscle <laughs> oh my god yeah yeah he's a yeah, he's an orthopedic physician and yeah he's a, he's an interesting guy so yeah if, if you want to if you want to like find out more about that stuff you go to this website called meatheels.com like he's got all these testimonials of people who are like trying to fix like metabolic issues or digestive issues and they kind of cut out like everything but meat and it's not necessarily because like everyone's probably thinking like that's super crazy. It's not smart. It's not necessarily something you need to like say, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. It's like kind of a, it's a, it's a reset, get your digestive system kind of used to um, breaking down things that's easily, things that are very bioavailable. So the interesting thing about meat is it's one of the most bioavailable foods you can get. Like when you eat meat, the, the things in meat are very easily absorbed. Mm-hmm. Um, when you start getting into plant-based foods, it, there's a wide range of how available those nutrients are. And there's even some anti-nutrients in there. Uh, so some people, the way, the way, the easiest way to think of it is, you know, plants can't move. So they develop uh, more or less uh, attributes that make it uh, less likely to want to be eaten because they can't run away from you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so people have a, there's a it's wide really range. really interesting. I know, it's, it's really fascinating. Uh, like, the, there's such a wide range of how well people do with vegetables. Like, I don't not eat vegetables. I'll eat vegetables I eat way less than I used to. But when I do eat them, I definitely cook them because sometimes that kind of breaks down some of their defense mechanisms. So what kind of vegetables do you eat? Uh, usually when I'll eat vegetables, uh, I'll do like something like dark leafy greens, like broccoli, asparagus, Brussels sprouts. I'll usually grill them. Okay. Nicole and I grill pretty much every night. So we'll fire up the grill. We'll throw a bunch of meat on there. And sometimes we'll throw some vegetables on there and grill them up as well. Okay. Um, so in my hard, hard reset, it's probably load up on meat. But if I want to have some vegetables, it's not going to kill me. So that's actually the other option I was going to give you. Here's okay. The, the other way to look at it is when you sit down to eat, eat until you're like three fourths full of meat and then fill in that last 25% with vegetables. Okay. That's another way to look at it. And then you just like at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Start with your meat. Because I used to yeah. eat my vegetables first and then go, now I'll have my meat. Right. And then yeah. I'd eat all my meat anyway. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. So you want to get like kind of three-fourths of the way full and then uh, kind of fill in the rest with some some uh, cooked vegetables works too. So uh, yeah, that's another kind of way to approach it. Um, so we would kind of do that for probably about four weeks and kind of see what's going on. Like my guess is you'll drop some pounds. Yeah. Um, the, so then we would have to decide where the Tito's fits into that. <laughs> so one thing I'd be interested in is like if you had a if you started that approach where you had a few days where you could not do the Tito's just so you can kind of get that system in place and then bring back a little bit of Tito's and see what happens, like see what like your tolerance is with yeah. it and see if you've even lowered it after a few days. I'm going I'm on the road uh, next week uh, in Cincinnati. Mm hmm. And then I'm off for three weeks straight. Okay. That sounds like a good starting it's point. A, it's a really good starting <laughs> point. And so and, uh, and the, so what I'll do is that first week, go all meat. Mm-hmm. I'll go a little bit of vegetables, but mostly just meat, right? Meat. Yeah. And then uh, no Tito's. And then I'll bring Tito's back the next week and see how we're feeling. Because uh-huh. we're going on a family vacation and I'm, sure. I'm not hanging out with my family sober. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And so, and so, and then that'll help try to reset the system. Mm -hmm. And then, so what about running? Like, like, um, like, is, is there anything other than just running? Like, I mean, like, is there, like, should I, should I be looking at my runs throughout my week differently than I am just going like, just go out and come back? Uh, 
Yeah, so yeah, yeah, eventually. So here's what I would usually recommend when someone does a hard reset. Uh, essentially, you are in some circumstances causing a new stress for your body because mm -hmm. your body's relearning is like, oh, I've got this whole new approach to mm -hmm. food and it take it can take like, you know, three or four weeks for things to really start feeling normal. So like one thing to like one of the biggest mistakes made with this approach is people will start it and they'll get like a week to two weeks in and they'll be like, I feel horrible. This sucks. I quit. And then they'll stop and they didn't they didn't let it kind of trigger. So um, what I usually tell people during that phase is run when you feel good and feel like running, but don't force it. Like, <laughs> like, like <laughs> I'm never gonna run. <laughs> that that would be fine. I actually think if the, for that three four weeks when during the hard reset, if you didn't run at all, that'd be fine. If, if you just walked, that'd be yeah. great. Like moving around is good in general. Yeah. So maybe you switch your runs to just some good walks or something like that. Um, or if you do, you do any weightlifting or anything like that. I do sometimes, but it's always like. Uh, it's a lot like my fasting intermittent. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, I think you want to just be, you want to listen to your body. You don't want to like, uh, um, be too harsh on yourself during the hard reset because the, the more kind of relaxed and stress free you are doing, the quicker it's probably going to reset for you. Yeah. Um, so then like to get to where you were talking about with the running rather than just kind of saying, Oh, I'm going to run six miles. I'll go out and do this and do the same thing every day. That would be kind of our next step where I would see like on Rogan's podcast. when I said, I could get you down to a four and a half. Yeah. My thought process was like, we'll clean up the diet a little bit and yeah. hopefully that'll shed some pounds. That alone will speed you up. That alone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then, uh, what we would do is we'd be more specific about your training. So we would spend some time doing what we call like building a strong aerobic base, which is pr pretty similar to probably what you've been doing where you're running more or less kind of like uh, moderate or easy paced runs. You might even have some intermittent walking breaks within that. And we're just building that kind of aerobic engine up. And then once we get that, that's kind of like the foundation. So on top of that foundation, we're going to build some things that are specific to the marathon itself. So um, we'll start doing some more like workouts where you'd go out for a run and rather than just saying, I'm going three miles out, three miles back, we'd have you run for like, you know, 15 minutes just to kind of get warmed up. And then we'd maybe put in some, what we call like intervals. Well, you probably know some of this stuff from when you were in track, like intervals, like fartlek type stuff. Yeah. Oh, like we run mm -hmm. fast and then yep. slow. And then, and yeah, yeah. And then what we're, we're, what we're gonna try to do is we're gonna try to get the pace you wanna do for your marathon to feel really comfortable. Cause ideally like four and a half hour marathons about a 10 minute mile pace, I think. Yeah. Um, so what we'd want to do, where we're trying to get to is so that that 10 minute mile pace feels comfortable enough where you get to the halfway mark and you're like almost chomping at the bit. Like, oh man, I can't believe that's I'm what happened with me on the, on the half marathon. So uh -huh. I did the half marathon and I, we were, I was with two friends, both, neither of any of us trained. Uh -huh. We just were like, fuck it, let's do it. We were like, just let's just finish it. And so we got halfway through, we got like six miles in. And I was like, this is fucking killing me. I was like, I'm, I'm going to go. <laughs> yeah. And then I ran the rest of it at a nine minute mile. Mm -hmm. I ran the rest, the seven miles at a nine minute mile. And, and then I think just got over two hours for that. Okay. But I was, we were, we were really, I forget what my time was, but yeah, those chomping at the bit things, that's what makes me crazy about running. Uh huh. That's, that's like almost the difficult part about running. Yeah, pacing yourself right. Pacing yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that that gets easier as you get like more, if you want to do more stuff, you kind of figure that out. And, and then, you know, the marathon is one of the trickier races to pace properly because it's kind of this weird gray area where it's long enough where if you make a mistake early, you're going to have, you have plenty of time to pay for it. But it's short enough where like you so still have to kind of go true. fast. That is so fucking true. 
if you I make a mistake poor early, decision making in my past. <laughs> oh my god, we we did, when we did this when we did the marathon, we got to like Silver Lake and it was downhill and fucking Foo Fighters came on my headsets and I was like, <laughs> like let's oh, we go. got this. Yeah, and I look at my watch and I'm running like a, at an eight minute mile pace. I'm like, whoa, hold on, and we're going downhill and I'm yeah. just flying and I was like, wait, and then all of a sudden we got started going uphill and I was like, oh yeah. my god. The funny thing about that is that mistake gets made by professionals all the time every race really yeah like i there's a race that i've done three times called world 100k championships um and every time at that race there'll be like this pack of guys that go out probably somewhere between like 10 to 15 guys that go out at like a sub six minute pace or around six minute mile pace and then a couple guys will maybe even go faster than that and at the end the winning time is like is above a six minute pace. So there's like a bunch of guys in there who have no business going that fast. They're gonna blow up. But they yeah. do it anyway because they get hung up. They're like, I'm gonna run with these guys. It's gonna be my day. And then oh, it's like, fuck. And then you start really slowing down the second half. <laughs> so, I mean, that's something that happens regularly within all, all, all different levels of runners. <laughs> yeah. Ari Shafir and I are looking at marathons. Oh, Ari's gonna do one. Ari's, Ari said he'd do a marathon with me. But he said it's gotta be exotic. It's okay. got to be like a beautiful marathon. Okay. And so, because I was like, I was like, first of all, LA Marathon's okay. So, this isn't the best one to maybe try to do your fastest one at. But oh, I'm, okay. So you got one way, figured no, out? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I've been doing the research. Okay. I'm looking for a beautiful one that's downhill. Oh, There's a one go. called Through the Tunnel, I think it's called. Uh-huh. And, uh, and it's, I think it's in Portland. It's gorgeous, uh-huh. but it's like all downhill. <laughs> like just literally, it looks like you're just going, yeah. and I was like, oh, okay. That's and they're like, this is the, <laughs> this is the race everyone runs to qualify for the New York Marathon. Okay. So like I was looking at those. Uh, and then the other thing was like, Ari was like, let's just find some something like like the Patagonia marathon or yeah. something exotic go down there do the marathon he's like I'll do it with you and then we'll stay down and do drugs for a week <laughs> and I was like all right I would love to go to one of those marathons where you could just chew the cocoa leaves okay <sighs> <laughs> you'd probably have to go down into South America for yeah that we're one. looking for a South America <laughs> we're looking for something and like we're, I want to do because that does that ever affect you like you don't care what it looks like do you the race um I are there are there mar- are there ultra marathons that you're like fuck that it's gross. Well, so I'm the wrong person to ask. <laughs> my one of my my best race probably was on a 400 meter track. It was a it was a time they do these things called timed events where you see how far you can get in like six, 12, 24, sometimes even 48, 72, and six days. Um, and I've done this one where. Uh, I've gone to see how far I can get in 12 hours. And uh, that's the next challenge. Yeah. Track Me, <laughs> Tom, and Ari. And we do a timed event. A timed event. Yeah. 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 F- and we do it for five hours. There you go. And we yeah. see who can do the longest in five hours. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. A timed a challenge. event. Yeah. <laughs> that's the fucking. We do a timed event, but we'll do 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> 30 minutes. We'll do an, a one hour timed event and we'll all do it independently so that we're not racing with each other. Oh, like, yeah, virtual. It, yeah. You can each be on a different track. Yeah. You just start it and we just see who wins. So you do it on a track. Yeah, well, there's there's some on a track, but I mean, the sport is the goofy thing about ultra marathoning is they it's a small enough sport where they can't really compartmentalize too much. So you have everything from like races, like there's this one called a Speed Goat 50k, where you're out in it's like near Park City, I think, and you it's got like over ten thousand feet of climbing and descending in 50 kilometers, Um, really technical stuff. 
and then you have races on a track that are six days long and they're all considered the same sport but they couldn't be any different from one another holy so shit so there's also like the race that Nicole and I are training for right now is called the Western States 100 and that one's on this trail that starts in Squaw Valley and ends in Auburn and you just point to point you go through canyons and it's like really scenic along the American River so like there's ones where that like, would be cool yeah there's and a do lot you guys of, keep pace with each other or do you just split up you're like goodbye Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you don't just like, like when you, if you guys, do you guys jo- go out and jogs together ever? Yeah, we do. Like this morning we went on a run this morning. We went, how uh, far? uh, was it like three hours? Yeah, three, just hours. three hours. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Three. You went on a run for three hours. My wife and I haven't done anything together for three hours. No. So what's funny is I'll, um, so sometimes Zach will run workout, like I'll be doing a workout and he'll have like more of like a recovery day and he'll do that with me. Yeah. So it's kind of like we can sync things up so that we train together. But yeah, I mean, in terms of a race, he'll definitely be ahead of me. Three hours and how, how, what mile, how far did you guys get? We did, this we did one was a lot of climbing, so we didn't like get a ton of, yeah. There was probably about... There was probably a little over 3,000 feet of climbing on that run. Oh, so, shit. Like, we'll do... I mean, it really, the terrain depends a lot. Like, um, like if we went for, like, a three-hour run on a flat path and it was just kind of, like, cruising pace, like, um, you know, Nicole would probably run somewhere above a little over 20 miles and I'd probably run, you know, closer to 25 maybe. Yeah. Um, but we go in the Phoenix Mountain Preserve where there's a lot of steep stuff. It gets hot, and you know we're not trying to push the pace at all. You know we're hiking some of the steep stuff, and then that's cool. That's I, I like that about what I what the run that I do is to from my house to the base of a camp, uh, base of a of a hike, uh-huh. and I like getting up and doing the hike and just yeah. and running parts of it and walking parts of it, and I like it, it makes it a lot more interesting. Like the one we did that I did this morning, I went and I did it all the way to the top, and then there's like a little loop and I just did the loop a couple times and I, I don't feel like it's running when you're in in the trails as much, especially uh-huh. when you're like, all right, I got to slow down for this. It, it, it really breaks it up. Yeah. 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 It does. And it, yeah, it's nice to have that, that variance. And you know, for me, what I really love to do is since I'm kind of usually the way I break up a season is there's kind of like the spring and early summer, and then there's maybe a little downtime and then a buildup for like a fall or winter type season. So like, I'd like to try to do like, I'm going to train for a really flat race this time. And then the next one I'm going to train for a more trail or hillier race. Yeah. So then you're like, you, you're doing different stuff. You're never, you don't feel like, Oh man, this grind again, same old thing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. What now, now, um, I'm dying to talk to you about, well, number one thing I'm dying to talk to you about is toenails. Oh, do you yeah. even have toenails anymore? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm looking at, I'm looking at her. your toenails <laughs> seem yeah. fine. Yeah. So a lot of that, a lot of that has to do with like footwear like shoes, like you, you know, do you want to know why shoes are pointy? Yeah. It began in the 1300s. It was for, because what happened was people who had shoes were wealthy. And so they were also riding horses. So if you had like a f- shoe that was shaped like your foot, you could get it stuck in the stirrup. And if you fell off that horse, you might break or lose your leg. Yeah. So they made pointy shoes. You could slide it in and out of the stirrup real easily. So what happened then when shoes became more readily available for like 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 more people like like you know middle class lower class people they wanted to still look like the rich people so they yeah. made all the shoes pointy like that even though they didn't need them for riding horses any longer really? and it's just stuck for this long so really what you the reason people are losing toenails is a lot of times because their toes are pinched together and they're just getting jammed in the front of the toe box of the shoe yeah so like we wear this we wear these shoes called by ultra footwear and they make a foot shaped toe box 
So ultra footwear. Yeah, we can get you a pair of those shoes if you want to try them out. That, yes, that should really help your toenails. So, yeah. So like, I lost, I lost <laughs> this toenail in the half marathon, uh -huh. and then I lost it again in the marathon, yeah. and then this one is un got blood all under it, and I'm just like, yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, it, part of me is, I remember that toenail coming off in the half marathon and being in my sock mm -hmm. and being like, Huh. yeah. Here's the other thing too is like a lot of times lost toenails are due to like blistering underneath the toenail. That's what my that mine yeah. was. What had happened was it had blistered in in from just running, uh -huh. and it got blistered underneath it, and then and then it just it, during the race it just came off, and I was like, yeah. Ugh. So socks play a big role in that too. Ooh, like, what kind of socks do you wear? There's this company called Drymax Socks, and we'll, we're going to get you some of those, too. We're going to make sure you do this right. Okay. <laughs> so. I, I, I have two different pipes, types of socks. Um, I had these, I wish I could remember the names. Swift? Swift Swiftwick? Swiftwick. I okay. had Swiftwick, but I'd gotten those for um, spin classes. I did, okay. sold them at bike stores, mm -hmm. and I liked the sock. And and then I got out of them. I started wearing Nike socks, uh -huh. the, like, the really thin ones. Uh -huh. And those seemed to do fine. But like good socks, Wait, I wonder what the name of the fucking company the guy works for. This guy gave me a pair of socks from the at the marathon, and he's like, "One's right, one's left. It's really important. Don't get messed up." Oh, okay. And so what? Did they have? Were they toes? Little toes on them? No. Or? Okay. I wonder if it might have been like Belega or yeah. uh, Belega. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the, the socks we wear, the reason we like them is because they've got this technology called Drymax in there. And what it does is a blister occurs when there's three things happening, if I'm getting this right. It's moisture, heat, and friction. So if you can remove one of those three things, the blisters don't occur. Um, so what the Drymax does is it actually has like two layers and one side is hydrophobic and one is like uh, like a magnet to, to, to moisture. So it kind of pulls the moisture away from your foot and then the top layer pushes it up so it keeps your feet dry. Oh, so then wow. you remove that variable that would cause like the blisters and stuff like that. Okay. Um, we used to have way worse. I mean, like I my feet used to be terrible and I, it's taken a couple years to get them back after doing both things. But I do notice with the shoes and the socks, it makes a huge difference. Really? Yeah. Toenails are in the best shape they've been in probably like 10 years, I'd say. That's crazy. Yeah. Pedicures and things. I was going to get a pedicure. Tonight I was going to go to the club early and go get a pedicure before the show. Oh, nice. There's a, there's a pedicure place underneath, and my toenails are just a mess. And <laughs> but uh, but I but I, then I was like, I should hold off and go with my daughters. Um, that that's that's fascinating. Yeah, I was because. So there's so much gear, like there, there's no real comprehensive website on what, like, and I'm, and I looked of like gear for a marathon. Mm -hmm. Like there's not, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what I want to start a company of hats. Hats. Okay. Fuck yeah. Marathon <laughs> hats. Like legit, like comfortable. I, cause my head, the top of my head burns uh -huh. as I'm losing my hair. And so the hat I wore for the marathon was just some like some baseball hat but it's fucking filled with water filled yeah. with sweat and it's getting heavy and it's got a piece of cardboard on it and I'm like I want to I want marathon hats I want running hats like yeah. legit they I want it to be a those. little bit of I want it to cover my ears okay like I want it like I, I need protection uh huh but I couldn't find I couldn't find good hats and then I couldn't find like they there are they do, they do make running hats but they're not I need a fitted running hat I need a okay. big because I have a big head sure I couldn't find hats and then 
The only thing you really that people are like, put nipple nip slips nip on guards, your, yeah. nip guards on. <laughs> but like, I needed a website that was when I was getting ready for it that was like, yo, the, this is all the shit you need, mm-hmm. and then yeah, go yeah. to there and get this stuff. Yeah, like the I gotta be honest with you, uh, not entirely in thrill, thrilled with the fanny pack situation for <laughs> marathons. Like I could barely get my fe- cell phone in it. Yeah, and so then I just kept my cell phone in my hand. Uh-huh. And you need a like, you, do you run with a backpack? It depends on the event or the the run. Like I'll have like they make some pretty nice like, like those bottles that we gave you right there. Like they make they also make packs and they make belts and things like that too that have like and you run with this in your hand. Yep. And then if I don't want to carry that though, there's like they make some really nice like fitted like vest type things. Yeah. That, that you can adjust and are are pretty nice too with like pockets and things in it. And oh, this then one's nice. belts like that. So yeah, if you wanted something that's like like a, a belt or a vest, like they make that stuff that we can get really? that sent to you too. No, no. I, I, I liked, uh, I ended up running with just a regular old fanny pack. Okay. Because I had so, I had so like much. Like a Joe Rogan style fanny pack? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had so much shit in my fanny pack. I so had, is that bouncing a lot then? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you need something that's not going to bounce. Yeah. This company makes a fanny pack that's just for running, so pretty much. Yeah. The company from the bottles? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll, I'll go on their website. Because I had, I had all my uh, gels in there. Uh-huh. I had, um. Uh, Hall's mental mental because I was uh, I had a chest cold infection uh-huh. during the marathon, so I had to put Hall's in my cheek, on each cheek like a chickmunk, and run the whole time <laughs> so that I wouldn't cough. Oh, I man. had I had mentholated uh, rub in case I started coughing. I could put it on my chest. I had money. I had a cell phone. I had. You don't run with headsets, do you? Um, it depends on the race. Some allow it and some don't. They, why wouldn't they allow you to have a headset? Uh, usually it's just if it's like a USATF type event where it's like a kind of a national championship or like a world championship. They don't let you wear that stuff. But a lot, most races do, though. It's like you're running. It's like a United States type based event. Oh, yeah. Like it's a national type event. Well, most races, yeah. I, I wear headphones. Most of the time. Usually, it's just if you're like, if there's prize money there and you think you're gonna win prize money, then they say don't wear them because you can get disqualified for that in some. But really? like, yeah, but there's very few races I think say no headphones for anyone. Do you wear when you do, if you're doing like the one coming up, uh, the Northwest one? Yeah, do you guys wear headsets. Yeah, for parts of it anyway. And so then, what do you play? Because like this was really fascinating for me was finding a playlist that I wouldn't get bored of yeah. and that would change up. And I just, I ended up listening to the whole album of Foo Fighters, the whole album of Rage Against the Machine. Like I just over and over, just those two. And uh-huh. then uh, Outkast. And then oddly enough, if you take, um, if you take by the Ghetto Boys, if you take Damn It Feels Good to Be a Gangster and put <laughs> it on repeat, like just, it, you it's can't. It's the right rhythm. You can't, yeah, it's, it's a 12 minute mile and you can't, you can't tell where the song starts and where the song stops. It just keeps going, it just keeps going in a circle. And so I listen to Damn It Feels Good to Be a Gangster running all down Hollywood Boulevard going just at a 12 minute mile pace. Like, yeah. Did you start singing? Oh, I sang. I sang throughout the whole race. If I, I would, I would mouth words. I got lost in my head a lot. Yeah. I, yeah that's, that, yeah, that happens. You kind of get in a groove and then you just, you know, drift off. And um, sometimes like, when you have a race that's a little more monotonous where it's like on a city street or a track, then you, that's kind of one of my goals. I try to kind of like separate myself from my body, so to speak, where you're trying to like almost daydream or forget you're where you're at so you don't feel like you're just doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Oh, my daughter's FaceTiming me. Hold on one second. <laughs> I think we haven't bought my wife a... Hey, what's up? Can I please show you something? Yeah, you can show me something. Sorry. No worries. This is the... Look what I did. Georgia. 
<laughs> she just took a bobblehead. <laughs> he pooped and himself. He's and then she drew. Crying he himself. <laughs> All right, I'm doing a podcast, baby. Hey, do you do you, do you, you like his butt tattoo? Yeah, Georgia, <laughs> kick me. It's great. Hey, I'm doing a podcast. So let me call you back. Hey, did you think about getting mom a present for Mother's Day? I made her a card. Oh, okay, good. All right, I'll talk to you later. I love you. I love you. It's not my mom. It's your mom. <laughs> All right. I love you. Bye. Um, uh, yeah. It, you know, what's amazing is that when I got done the marathon, my kids were like, and I were driving back from, uh, the, from the LA marathon. And my daughter was like, dad, like that was really amazing. And I was like, what? And they're like, cause you know, when you, when you really put distance on it, you say uh-huh. like, like, I, I'm jogging from Dodger Stadium to Santa Monica. Yeah, uh-huh. your, and your kids, my kids were like, we were driving back, and Isla kept going, "You ran all, all this way," and I was like, "Yeah." And they're like, "Wait, you did you get in a car at all?" And you're like, <laughs> "No, you I just ran." And we're driving back through, almost through the path, and George is like, "Oh my god, Dad! Like that was really impressive." I was like, "Oh, thanks." And in your weird way, you're like, "Yeah, <laughs> like, nah, nah, I'm dead, but like, now I beat your mom." So. <laughs> Um, but yeah, music was like, was like, I was like all the questions I have for you are like, I want to know all your gear. I want to know all your music. I want (laughs) to know like, like all the like fun stuff about marathons, like, or or ultra marathons. Uh I wonder if I could do, I don't, I know for a fact, like I said, when I set up out to do the the LA marathon, I said, everyone was Joe and Ari and, and Tom were like, uh. They were like, you, 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 you can't do it with no training. You can't do it with no training. <laughs> and I was in my head, I'm like, you definitely can do it with no training. Like, I know that I've know people do it with the yeah. don't train. I know that that happens. And, uh, and I was like, I just, I just said, you, I'm just going to decide to do this for the next five hours. Like, mm-hmm. that's all my brain said. I was like, I just wrapped my head around, th- I'm going to do this for five hours. That's, that's, I'm going to be here for five hours. I'm not yeah. going anywhere for five hours. <laughs> And and then I thought I really was toying with the idea. I was like, I bet I could do an ultra marathon. Except when it, like halfway through the marathon, I was like, I bet I could do an ultra marathon if you just decide this is where I'm going to be for ten hours. Uh-huh. And then when I got to mile twenty, I was like, uh uh-uh. uh, I, I really could not. I really could not. Like that that really is one of those white whales where you're like, fuck that. Yeah. Well, the the interesting thing too is what I try to do when I get kind of in that sp- space where it's like. Uh, like how do I wrap my, cause you're like, Oh, another hour, another two hours. And then you just, I try to like refocus and think, well, how quickly would two hours go by and just a normal day, like just doing normal stuff. It's like the time just flies by. Oh. So you're like, it's going to pass. It's going to pass. And you just kind of try to recenter and think about, instead of thinking about the whole thing at the end, just say like, well, I'm just going to get to that next aid station or I'm going to get to that sign and just kind of really do you do that? Down. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Really? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, especially for a 100-mile race, like, the last thing you want to do for a race like that is uh, start thinking about the end in the beginning because it's really hard to wrap your head around 100 miles. So you're just, like, thinking, I'm going to get to this aid station, I'm going to take care of myself, and then I'm going to move on to the next one. You just kind of keep chipping away, chipping away. And then eventually you get to the point where you're, like, at the last aid station, like, all right, let's finish. (laughs) That's got to be a good feeling. Do you enjoy enjoy the the finish of of the race? Yeah, like, as soon as you finish, it's kind of euphoric almost like you're just you, you're like and then like there's a, usually a bunch of other people there doing the same thing so you kind of have this like 
communal like experience where everyone kind of knows like regardless of how fast or how slow you did it like you all know like we just went this distance and we all kind of did it together and um it's a it's a yeah that's where the cool parties are at too is at the end of an ultra marathon oh, it's a good one. <laughs> fucking blowing lines of coke i'm fucking if i did an ultra marathon i'd be like all right guys you're about to see some real shit go down you think that was impressive what do you see how much fuck <laughs> the uh <laughs> do you run with those little running sticks um, I haven't, but Nicole has. Like the little, the, the, yeah, the, the like ski poles. Yeah. What what race did you use those in? Um, well, I've done some kind of races internationally that I've used them when it's been really steep climbs. So like I did a race called UTMB, which is in the Alps. So it's a hundred mile <sighs> race in the Alps that what? I mean it's what's the altitude? 30, 30 hours. Um, well, it's like by Mount Blanc. So I don't even know what the altitude is. It's got to be at least 7,000 feet. I think it's around there. I think Holy it gets shit. higher to like, yeah. So, and then I've run a race in Patagonia and used poles. Um, yeah. What's the prettiest race you've ever run? Um, UTMB. Really? In the Alps. Because it, you feel like you're in the sound of music. <laughs> so like you get oh. to some, yeah, it's like you're in, you go through Italy, France, and Switzerland. So like you Holy do feel shit. like you could be in the movie. UT it's called UTMB. UTMB. I want to look Ultra at a picture. Ultra yeah. Trail Mont Blanc. And that's probably one of the most competitive hundred milers. Oh, here, pass him the mic. Yeah. That's one of the most competitive. So yeah. how international is this? Because in my head, I don't. I didn't. I just realized this. I've always been thinking of Americans doing this. Uh huh. Is this? Is this? Yeah. Is it? Is it shared? Like in cultures? Like yeah. Or does China have the same amount of ultra marathoners as as? Yeah, it, it, like it ranges a bit from country to country, but there's usually a community of ultra runners in most of them. Like China actually has a fairly big growing ultra running community. The hard thing with China is like it's hard to know who they are because they're kind of like isolated there. But like all these European countries, like South Africa has got a big ultra mar marathon running community. Um, you were just in Hong Kong for a race. Yeah, yep. You were in Hong Kong? Yeah, in uh, was that January? Yeah. January, yeah. So what was wait? What was the race in Hong Kong? It was the Hong Kong hundred k, hundred kilometer. Yeah. So. So wait, what's hundred k in miles? About sixty two and a half. Holy shit! <laughs> and that do you do you look at those like fifty miles or is as, as nothing anymore? You're like it's got to be a hundred. It's not doesn't count. Um, it depends. Like there's some. It depends if I'm <sighs> trying to peak for it or not. This is beautiful. You go through villages too. Oh, I guess you have to if you're going 100 miles. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to see fucking everything. You're going to know. Yeah. Where are we finding 100 miles of just land? God, this is gorgeous. Hundred so miles. You can see well how people get hooked on this stuff, right? Oh, I see. That's what I was like. I was like, I want to do a beautiful race. Like the LA uh -huh. Marathon is nice and all, but there are times you're like, oh, this is cool. Then there are times when you're running down Sepulveda, like, fuck Sepulveda. <laughs> like, no one likes that unless there's traffic on the 405. Yeah. Like, and yeah. you're running under the 405, and then you're running, like, just down the Santa Monica stretch sucked. <laughs> you're like, oh, this isn't even the good part of Santa Monica. This is the four-lane highway part of Santa Monica. Yeah. One of the most beautiful road marathons in the U.S. is probably Big Sur. Yeah, but, yeah, but that's a really difficult really race. Really hilly, yeah. Yeah, uh -huh. really hilly. I've looked at that one. Yeah. I looked at that. It's coming up, I think. Yeah. Oh, did it oh, just did happen? You, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So th that one would be a fun one to do, but maybe not the one to target 430 at. Yeah, 430. The one the one I was looking at was... Uh, the downhill one? Yeah, it's it's Portland, it's, it's it? like... No, it's called uh, Through the Tunnel Marathon. Okay. I think. I think I've uh, part of that. Have you? Um, yeah. Some Let's see. friends from Dallas, I think, did that one to run a fast marathon. So it was fast? Yeah. Or what about the one in L.A.? 
the one. The, the Revel Marathon. There's a series called Revel. That Total Marathon. Really steep down ones. Total, Total Marathon. The, the one of the nation's fastest marathon courses. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, I think it might. Oh, it's fucking sold out. The 2018 race is sold out. You could probably pull some strings. September. Tunnel Light <laughs> is sold out. Yeah, the tunnel. I don't. I, I get. I get confused when I look at these websites. I'm like, huh? What? Um, yeah, it's just fast as shit. It's just all downhill. Yeah. Like, and those downhills. That man. Those. Those really make a race enjoyable. There's. There's a one in Las Vegas called uh, Revel Something. Um, that's like net. What is it? Net. Like it's. It's downhill. Like it literally. Like, you know, people will run. Yeah, way faster than a normal PR on it. So yeah. <laughs> there's some out there like that. And then you can go to. Then you can go to Las Vegas. Yeah, well, that, that'd be a great one for you. <laughs> one of the one of the ones everyone talks about is the rock and roll marathon. Ah, uh, yeah, that happens at night. Yeah, and you wrap it like, yeah, you I get done you it like on the strip or something. Yeah, that that seems fun, but I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, I my I my thing for the next marathon. Like, I would like to do. I would like to do like probably a ultra marathon course, but in a marathon. Okay. Like, and like oh, I like, like the, the trail. Marathon. Like I like the trails. The trail, it just feels like you're in. It feels like it doesn't feel monotonous. Uh huh. Like the monotony of the road was. Now, trust me, I'm sure after fucking running a mile on the trail, you're like, okay, this is hard as shit. <laughs> it's got to be harder, right? To run on the trails. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just slower a lot of times. Sometimes it depends on how you prepare though too. Like if you spend your training in the mountains or on the trails, then like that starts to become a better skill for you. Um, but yeah, if you come off the road and just decide to jump on a trail race, like you'll, you'll be, you'll find that you're not quite as prepared. <laughs> yeah. Do you, um, do you get scared of like bears or lions or rattlesnakes ever? Um, you have to have seen a thousand rattlesnakes by now. Yeah. You know, we, we seem to be like averse to those. Like yeah. we haven't, we've seen a dead one and that's it, but we've only been in Phoenix since January. So, yeah. um, surprisingly we haven't seen any we were just talking about that today and he jumped because he saw a lizard and i thought he was moving out of the way to see a snake because i'm like we're finally gonna see a snake yeah we didn't even see one yeah so either we're just oblivious and we're not seeing them and they're there but which is probably partly the case but i'm sure we'll run into one in the middle of the trail eventually and be like oh Uh, that's my that was my fear like i in this, i I used to run up in uh, another canyon uh i think i forget what it is but uh, I would. I just stopped using headsets because I was like, I want to hear if something's stalking me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I don't want to just be the guy that's like singing to fucking Cindy Lauper, and all of a sudden, <laughs> and I'm like, motherfucker, and I'm fighting a, a like, mountain lion or something. Oh yeah. god, I'd bring. I I started contemplating bringing the bear spray the bear with spray. me because I was like, just in case. Like, yeah. but you don't you don't get afraid of that. No, not really. It's it's. I mean, like mountain lion like encounters. And even bear encounters that are end up being like an attack are so rare. I think like especially like where we are, there's just too many people around. Generally. Yeah. Like I think last year during Western. Oh, here, give them the mic. I'm listening. I forgot we were doing a oh, podcast. Sorry. <laughs> last year during the Western States, the race we're running this year, there was a woman who said she saw a mountain lion oh, right. like yeah. at night. Mm-hmm. So um, that's scary because <gasps> we passed probably by that point like not too far in advance advanced so i mean that cat was really <laughs> right around us at the same yeah. time and we had no idea so that's... so the the western marathon starts in squaw in squaw valley you said squaw valley and ends in auburn yeah and so so what time does it start 
at five in the morning on a Saturday, and then you have as m- many as 30 hours to complete. That's when the cutoff is. Um, and it's 100 miles. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you start off, and is it just straight up into the mountains? Yeah, so it actually goes up one of the ski runs out on Squaw Valley. Cause that's Fuck the- that! <laughs> it goes up a ski run? Yeah, for the first three miles, you're basically going straight uphill. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, so that's just... Uh, I'm, I, you know just what I might start, do? Yeah. I might I might uh, register for an ultra marathon and just run the first three miles and then come back and be like, whoa. <laughs> you wouldn't be the first person to do that. For real? <laughs> yeah, people drop out early sometimes. Yeah. Really? Uh-huh, yeah. Oh, I bet. I bet you'd be like, <laughs> how, like, what's the rate of attrition? Like, how many people just go, this is not for me? Yeah, it's uh, it depends sometimes. Like, if it's a hard race to get into, people usually prepare, and then it's usually a little higher finishing rate just because they don't want to have yeah. to go through the waiting to get back in. But how hard is it to get into an ultra marathon? I figured they'd tell Some less- are super easy. You can show up the morning of, and yeah. other ones are, like, Western States is really hard. Like, people wait years to get into that one. For real? Sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lottery of, like, and some people wait, like, eight years now or so Why? to get in. Because there's not very many spots because it goes through national... Um, nationally protected land so it's just one of these iconic races that yeah, the, oh, i gotta see what's the name of it i gotta see this pictures the western states 100 but yeah the permitting issue with that is they can't have more than i think of right around just under 400 people registered and <gasps> normally like like upwards to almost twenty thousand, i think try to get in so really? like they have a lottery system where twenty thousand people think they can run a hundred miles yeah well there's even bigger ones than that like there's there's a race in south africa called comrades where they they'll start twenty thousand people um it's a road race that's about 90 kilometers long and uh that's actually probably one of the most competitive ultra marathons and what's it called the comrades marathon where's that in moscow in, in south in south africa really yeah, so that one's uh like that one's pretty uh prestigious it's been around for a long time and like really fast road but like hilly roads basically so where it's um, out the band by the way I, i've been to south africa you can't run 100 kilometers in south africa we're seeing some real shit <laughs> it's in uh durban, durban. oh fuck <laughs> i hope you're running out of durban no offense to durban i've been to durban it is scary <laughs> bro i but I, I think i jumped off the world's tallest stadium in durban oh did you yeah and it was like <laughs> I think that's can I I tell you I think what I what happened to me was um I got this is gonna sound really ridiculous and no one's gonna everyone's okay I'm looking at your I'm looking at the map of your Western States run uh huh it is net downhill so there are some nice downhill sections in there too yeah yeah well yeah yeah we'll talk fucking hundred <laughs> miles I'm sure there's some uphills too I bet they got curves also yeah they got a few of those <laughs> oh yeah that's not bad. whoa whoa. That's crazy. I love these map things, by the way. Yeah, the my buddy does. <laughs> my my buddy did um, map tats. Oh yeah, yeah. And he and it it, it was a tattoo of the elevation. Uh-huh. And he and I tattooed it on my hand, uh-huh. so I could look at it. And it was the greatest thing that I'd ever had because I was like, I was like, oh okay. I've, I I can go a little quicker because I know I'm going downhill now. Yeah. And I will be going downhill for... It was really great. I wore a long sleeve shirt because I didn't want to get sunburned. Uh-huh. And so I didn't... Normally, I guess people put it on their forearm, but I, I put it on my hand. It was fucking great. I'm so ready for this hard reset. Um, <laughs> wow. 20... That, that is... Do you go through three states or just two? Uh, for Western states, you're in the same state. Are you? Yeah, it gets really close to to Nevada, though. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, the Squaw Valley is probably only about 30 minutes out of Reno, right? 30 minutes, maybe? Yeah. Holy shit. 
I think what happened with me with the marathon was I had done so much shit for Travel Channel. I worked for Travel Channel for like mm-hmm. seven years, and I did so much uh, stuff that was like it was testing your metal as a man. Like, uh, it, and it's stuff that everyone does, but when you do it with very little training, you, you get thrown into it. It's a baptism by fire, and so like uh, like mountain climbing or 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 rappelling or skydiving or bungee jumping or uh, base jumping or scuba diving uh-huh. with very little training so like my first open water scuba dive was at 90 feet and i was like and you're just like holy shit i think it forms a, a form of ptsd but then i started looking at it and i was like i feel like i'm not I feel empty inside. Uh-huh. And so I think that is what drew me to, towards running these races and doing, and just like getting in, like I was in the first round of people that did the Tough Mudder back when they were trying to figure it out. Oh, wow. And so when we did the Tough Mudder, I mean, we jumped off a fucking 50 foot ledge into a river and swam across a river. And it was like people were jumping on top. It was just, it was like, yeah. And, and like you're swimming in shoes and, and like fully clothed. You're swimming across a river. It's ice cold. It's the middle of winter. Uh-huh. And I remember being like, I remember, I don't know. I think, I think it fucked my brain up. And so I think part, that's part of me. What, do you ever wonder why you do this? Um, do you ever, do you ever hang out with other ultra marathoners and you're like, finally you guys are all holding the yeah. fork with the left hand. You're like, wait, you do that too? Or like something <laughs> odd. Well, the, the interesting thing too is like, you kind of start to normalize it, which sounds really weird for to people who haven't ran an ultra marathon before. But then you go into like these races, and like most people there have been doing them for a while or have done a few of them. So in those like situations, it feels like oh, this is what people are supposed to do. This is what this is normal. So then it, it, you kind of rationalize it, I guess, in your mind. But then you kind of realize how kind of goofy and crazy it is when you just start talking to some people who don't really care know what ultra marathons are and they're like wait you do what and then and then you realize oh yeah we are kind of silly <laughs> it's, it's just it's just it really is like i mean i guess it's a, i guess it ultimately is the same as like when you like you said when your coach said and then the seniors run about 80 right. miles and you're like i'll yeah. never run 80 miles uh-huh yeah yeah you you don't really until you do it you can't really wrap your head around it and you know that's the other interesting thing about ultra marathons because people will get into them and they'll do one like a shorter one like a 50k or a 50 mile and then they'll they'll get that kind of feeling of like doing something never done before so they're like well now i want to go a little further and then i want to go a little further and before i know what they're doing like 100 milers or like some there's 200 milers as well and then like those six day events where people will run what's a six day event it's just a timed event like what i was talking about before but you see how far you can get in six days and like there's guys who can run upwards to 600 miles during that time so it's like just crazy like just like a battle of sleep deprivation most people will sleep periodically through it but there's one guy who's like one of the best timed event guys ever. He he'll he's done six day events where he's only slept for eight hours during that time. <laughs> that can't be good for your body. No, absolutely not. No, no. Do you wonder? Do you wonder if what you're doing is good for your body? Um, I mean, we're definitely hit the margin of diminishing returns in terms of using exercise and running for like for health purposes. Yeah. Like it's it's probably healthier than sitting around and doing nothing. But really, if I was just trying to be as healthy as possible, live as long as possible, I certainly wouldn't be trying to do hundred mile races. Really? No. Yeah. I don't think it's. I think it's something that's. Uh, it's it's a cool challenge and it like excites me. I love building up to it. I love doing it. So it's more of a quality of life versus like. I want to be 110 years old before I die. Kind of a mindset. God, yeah. But who knows? I mean, there are people like there's there's been 90 year olds who finished these things. So like, really? Um, yeah, yeah. So I 
I think it's amazing what your body can adapt to because I think now we do a hundred mile race and we can run in a couple days for the most part. It's amazing when we first started doing them. I know we have similar experience where, I mean, even after a marathon, I remember running a Boston marathon, maybe like five or six years ago and I could barely walk for yeah. like a week after. And now I run a hundred mile race and I can recover in a couple days. So your body adapts in an amazing way in my experience. Yeah, and I should I should clarify too. It's I don't think it's the running of the hundred miles that's necessarily the unhealthy or bad thing. It's when you try to like go as fast as you possibly can in a hundred miles is where you're probably where kind of the health benefit from it kind of you, you overlap a little bit. <laughs> where you really start pushing yourself. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, like the one of the hardest hundred milers I did in terms of just like how hard I had to push my body was this the one I did on the track in in 2015 and. I ran 11 hours and 40 minutes for 100 miles, and like the last 20 miles of that, I was just like holding on by a thread, basically. But you're still fucking flying. Yeah, well, so that that race, I averaged about a seven minute mile pace. By the way, I was writing jokes about that all day. <laughs> I was like, my it takes me eight minutes to do my seven minute mile. <laughs> that was the joke I wrote today while I was running. So I was like, because I I ran. Um, I can run a seven minute mile on a, I didn't, uh, let me rephrase this. I can run a seven minute mile on my old treadmill. Uh-huh. I cannot run a seven minute mile on the street. Like I, like I, I, it's a very different, once you just, if you just put a treadmill at the thing, yeah. you're, mm-hmm. you're, it ends up happening. Yeah. Like you, you're like, yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I, oh, I did it. That's uh-huh. amazing. Just watch it. But when you get on the street and run a seven minute mile, that's a quick clip. Like that is a real. It's a different feel. It's a very different feel, especially, especially like uh, we did. Uh, we did the the. I, I, mean, I, I sound so silly, but we did a five k in our neighborhood with all our families, uh-huh. and we I organized it. I I pathed it out. It was a horrible fucking idea because <laughs> at, we lost all the children. The ch- all the children got lost. <laughs> like I gave everyone a map, and n- all the kids got lost. And all of a sudden, you're running it because you're running up and down the fingers of our streets. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're running it. And you see your daughter walking perpendicular down another street. I'm like, I don't know where the hell are you going. She's like, I have no idea where I'm going. Like, and uh, and uh, I forget what I was saying about this. What were we just? My brain is fucking fried. Oh, but I ran that. That was a 5K, and I ran that in uh, like 25 minutes. Uh-huh. 5K, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Is that, so that that'd be right. about eight-minute pace? Eight-minute mile? No, no, no. It wasn't 25 minutes. It was under 30. It was like 27 minutes. Okay. And so it was It was. A, it was around a nine-minute pace, but I was, I was wiped out. Like I was... Panting, and but by the way, I'd run. I just run that fifteen, um, that that half marathon at a nine minute pace, uh-huh. and I was uh, th- for the last seven miles. But man, this three, I was it was just under maybe nine. I was out of it, and we I, we had gotten pretty drunk the night before. <laughs> but seven minute mile is a really fast. Like, do you how do you start jogging? Like that that was always the hardest part of jogging for me is oh. the walking out in your front yard and then yeah, going, going from standing still to jogging. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, sometimes I think just like a nice easy warm up is good where you start out really slow. Maybe even start walking and then kind of ease. So do you do you like so like 
Do you drive your car to go? Why would you drive your car? You're going to run fucking 20 miles. Like <laughs> <laughs> just fucking jog to the run that yeah. you want to do. We've done that in the past when we lived further from like good running trails, but now we live up by the Phoenix Mountain Preserve. So like the, the good trails start within a mile of our house. So we just like run to the trailhead and then kind of get up in there. And Is it yeah. nicer? Is it nicer living out here as a runner? Yeah, we love it. It's uh, I mean, getting used to the heat is definitely a bit of a challenge, yeah. but uh, and sunburn. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we've been we've been we came here in January, so we've kind of been slowly adapting uh, to the heat, and uh, um, it actually works out well for us because Western states can get above a hundred degrees in the canyon sections on that race, so it'll be good for us to be training in some really hot days to be. Oh, ready. that's great! Mm-hmm. Holy shit! So. So maybe you guys should come down and run the marathon with me with me and Ari. Well, that's what I was thinking. Like, if we're going to get you under 430, you're going to need a pacer to kind of keep you on. Oh, bro. <laughs> no. I'm not fucking letting you pace me at all. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm going to coach you through this, I need to be there to... to get things going when needed <laughs> oh fuck do you realize what you like like you're like you forget you're dealing with a fucking hollywood elite snob who's fucking zach uh, this is over it's not fun anymore okay you understand me i don't give a shit zach <laughs> be losing my fucking mind ari uh, i don't know why i signed up for this fucking thing i've got my whole life planned out this is so stupid this is stupid this is everything stupid need someone to record your the full experience for you so yeah yeah that's, that's where my role I'll be the cameraman. I'll get, okay. <laughs> Let's plan this out. So we'll find the most beautiful, easy marathon. Okay. Like nothing like the some guy was like, I ran the Great Wall of China Marathon. And I was like, oh yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> I was like, wait, does the wall go downhill? He's like, no. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> you climb up. And I was like, that's not happening. I had I gave Ari a list of all these like great, great marathons. Uh-huh. And he's like, oh, too many to choose from. And then I was like, and then I was like, oh, what about the, this one in Hawaii? He was like, I want to get out of this world. I want to go somewhere crazy. Uh-huh. And so uh, I don't know if Ari's going to train for it. Oh, uh, well, we need to get Ari on board with the program so yeah. that he's ready to break four and a half as well. And then we can have a competition. Four and a half is a 10 minute mile. Yep. Right about there. And how could you, could you physically slow yourself down to a oh, 10 minute sure. mile? No doubt. And what would you just be like? You probably wouldn't break a sweat. Uh, it will depends on how hot it is. If it's cool, probably not. But if it's like if it gets up above seventy or eighty, I'll probably. How much do you think I need to weigh to get to this pace? Um, I honestly don't know if you couldn't do it at your current weight. What we'd be looking for is a body composition change, probably though. So, like you have more working weight for you as opposed to just like dead weight, more or less. <laughs> That's the name of my next special. Dead weight. Dead weight. <laughs> well, <laughs> if, if, that is om- almost ominous. If, <laughs> if, what I have is dead weight. If this works really well, your fans are going to start calling you FitBert instead of FatBert. Mm. Drop the A and There's add the no, I. that's not happening. <laughs> this fucking dickhead was, I was at the Dodgers game with my kids and he was like, oh my God, the machine, can I get a picture? And you know, like, you're like, cool. Like I got my kids with me. I was like, yeah, sure, man. And he goes, do you mind if I do a, we take a picture? He goes, do you mind if I do a snap? And I was like, no. And he puts a snap on and he's like, you're fat as fuck. And I was like, oh, thanks, bro. And then he just walked away. I was like, he didn't like, he didn't see my kids. And then my youngest daughter, Ida goes, what was that? Your boyfriend? I was like, Jesus, I'm getting it from everybody. Yeah, I, I would I would like to, uh, I got to get my body weight down. So I'm going full fat. Full fat, full fat and protein for like three, four weeks. So we get it. I just want to get that that thing set. And then once we kind of get. Will we that, be losing weight during those three or four weeks? We could. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a lot less interested about 
your actual weight going down on the scale as I am about just like body composition. Like my jeans being looser? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I doubt that we'd have a scenario where you wouldn't lose weight just in, yeah. in the, in the context of what will probably happen. Cause I mean, we're training for a marathon, so it's not like we're trying to get you to be like as strong as possible, which yeah. is in that scenario, it would maybe be a more of a trade off for like muscle for fat type of a thing. Um, so I think you'll probably lose a good por- portion of weight. Um, what was it that you weighed before you guys, you and Tom did the weight loss challenge? I think 260. Okay, so you're still way below that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, so you did a good job of keeping it off for the most part. Yeah, I, this marathon, is the, I've been putting it back on slowly uh-huh. because of the marathon. And my running has been less, uh, it's been more like, uh, like, I think it's. I think it's the road is really fucked me up. Uh, going on the road, I uh-huh. get into hotels and like today was my f- only workout of the weekend. But it was yeah. like I go in to do press on Friday on Thursday, and of course I I don't I I went to the Dodgers game Wednesday night. Drove all night through the. I, someone drove me all the night to get here to do oh, press. Wow. Didn't sleep. Did press. They had drinks there. I have a cocktail. I come back. I sleep all fucking day. Get up, do two shows, stay out late, go back into press. One of my buddies is there. We end up having a cocktail. I then go into a barbecue restaurant, Porkopolis. Shout out to Brady. And then I have some beers there, come back and sleep. And this morning was the first morning where I woke up and I went, okay, I feel normal. I didn't, I didn't stay out too late last night. I ended up getting high instead of drunk. And then I was like, I'm going to go for a run today. Uh-huh. And, uh, and and that was like the the be- the hardest that w- that was the only time I worked out. So when I'm home, I'll get back on schedule very quickly. Well, yeah, traveling is tough, and Nicole does quite a bit of traveling for her job, so she'll yeah. fly. And then that's always the hardest. Do you run in this? Do you run in the cities like you go to? Yeah. So um, the last two weeks, and Zach has to put up with with me for that because I feel your pain. I, I that's the hardest part for me with training is traveling. Oh. Like so, I was actually this sounds. Um, I was in Hawaii two weeks ago for work all week, and so that just throws you off with the time zone and like figuring out where to train. It's beautiful but you just have a weird schedule you have a lot of dinners and meet people and you're a lawyer yeah I what work at a law? consulting company so I do employee benefits um, and we just help with compliance um, so the next this past week I was in Indianapolis and then I flew to Philadelphia so going east coast I really hate because you're three hours yeah. earlier so trying to get up so yeah I I really struggle traveling so do you do you, tra- do you train on the road though yeah and so like what what did you do in Hawaii like you would so Hawaii was easier because they have pretty good hills and I was able to get in some good workouts um and I was able to kind of keep on my schedule pretty well there. Um, this week, Zach helps me. So Zach coaches me, um, and he helps me a lot with my runs. So he planned it. So I had trained hard for the past three weeks, and then I had what was called a deload week, where really? I really didn't do a lot of running at all in Philadelphia because I knew I was going to be stuck in, like, 10-hour meetings and have a dinner and things like that because we had kind of internal trainings and now, things. What's the, what is the, now, is the – purpose of a deload week is it allow the recovery of your muscles <laughs> yeah so it basically the way it works because is- i'll say that i'll not to interrupt you but like i'll say that like it's weird i did that that three mile four mile run on that on that treadmill uh-huh. the other day 
and I didn't work out for two days, and my legs were like fucking monsters. They felt like they were sore the next day, but they felt great the day after that. Uh-huh. So it was a deload week, like three weeks hard, and then give yourself a week to like, f- like feel great. Yeah, usually what'll happen is like, like the idea with endurance running and probably any type of work, like real training is we want to kind of micro stress your system so that you your body realizes it wants to get a little stronger, but not so much that you're just wrecked. So we're gonna just kind of like continue like, like work at that for like a couple of weeks, two, three weeks. And then you'll get to a point where like you've done quite a bit of work and it's time to kind of hit the reset button a little bit. And then we'll drop your volume and intensity down. Um, some Sometimes about 50% is usually a good number. It really depends on kind of where you're at and stuff like that. So like for you, like when with, with Nicole, when I plan out her training and stuff, a lot of times what we do is we look at her work schedule. So she's got a week like this last week where she's going to be on the road and it's like meeting heavy and she's got to start early and end late. Yeah. We're going to like go really hard for like two weeks or so leading into that so that when she gets to the end of that week and leaves for the trip, she hardly even wants to run while she's there. See, that's what, <laughs> so, so I'm super impulsive. I'm mm-hmm. super compulsive. I'm su- like, I've got, I've got the, the, I've got a, the, a, a little bit of a fucked up brain when it comes to that. So like I was looking at these next three weeks coming up going like, Oh, I'm going hard. Like as soon as you I go hard reset, got that. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to be running hard during this hard reset because Uh I, I just have, I mean, I do podcasts and like meetings and stuff, but if you give me period where I don't have to travel, I, I don't drink normally. Oh, okay. So cool. like I won't drink. I'll drink when we go to Mammoth, but like I won't drink during the week. I'll, I like to get up early with my girls. I really like to get up early at like, like uh, the other day I got up at like 5.45, made the girls breakfast, went over to Starbucks, got a coffee, uh, walked for a mile drink drinking my coffee, and then ran five, and then came back, and then it's like the, t- I, the girls were gone, getting ready to go to school, and, but then I've like, I got depressed. Like, do you ever feel like, do you ever, do you ever feel like you go on a jog and then you go, or I went for an hour and a half jog or whatever, right? Uh-huh. And then you go like, fuck, what am I going to do the rest of the day? <laughs> like, my jog is over. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it, I think it depends a little bit on, like, where you are in your training. Sometimes, like, I'll feel like that if I'm, like, doing a deload week or a post-race and I'm trying to recover yeah. and then you kind of miss it and you want to get back, but you know you should probably wait to let everything, like, mentally and physically kind of recenter. Um but yeah, so yeah, especially if you yeah, if, if I've a stretch where I'm not quite as busy, then it's harder because you're more or less thinking about it. Yeah. But you know, then you'll have a stretch where you get really busy, so it's like you start to appreciate it then. So you're like, all right, cool, I have a little bit of downtime and. Oh, and this is my jog. <laughs> yeah. What's how much time should you take between jogs? Do you should you t- take like a full twenty four hours or like? It depends. Like it depends where you're at. Like, does that matter at all? Uh, it does to some degree. Like once you start getting like like a little more advanced or have done, been doing it for a few years, you'll do, like Nicole and I will run twice a day sometimes. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll do like two a days. Oh, uh, I'm doing two days. Yeah, you want to get to that, right? I want to do two days. <laughs> we can we can see if we can get to that in your schedule. I think it would get maybe near, near the middle or the two-thirds in or so would be. At my at my fittest, I was 186 pounds. Okay. No, I mean, I, I was, as, as an adult, I, uh-huh. was, I was very in shape all growing up. But once I started comedy, I started staying out late, eating shit, drinking. Yeah. And so at my fittest, I was 186 pounds right when I met my wife. And I would do spin class in the morning and then a jog at night. And it was, and I, I was jogging at night 
through uh, Runyon Canyon. I'd run from my house to Runyon Canyon, up Runyon Canyon, down and back to my house. Uh-huh. And I was like a fucking bunny. I was jumping <laughs> around and I was like, I don't feel like I'm getting any of a workout. Like I got to push it harder. Yeah. And, uh, and then my wife got pregnant. <sighs> And fucking had a kid, and I just put on the weight with her. We both got fat as fuck, but she got had a baby. <laughs> and then she lost all the weight, and I had it. I was like, she gave birth to a child, and I was like, I'm so fat. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, I want to get back to two days. That would be great. Yeah, yeah, we can get you there. And then sometimes it comes down to two, like what's easiest for your schedule and wrapping your head around. So like as we get into the program, too, if it's like makes more sense to do like a little less than morning so you have more energy to do a second one in the afternoon, um, that works out sometimes as well a lot of times if it's just planning around lifestyle like you know when I'm coaching people a lot of times the first thing we look at is like well what's your daily schedule look like and uh, then we decide like whether we want to put in like a single run or a two a day and stuff like that but um yeah it, one thing we, we, you want to keep in mind with like the marathon is we do want to establish like this this feel of like being able to kind of go out for a longer run mm-hmm. so usually like in most programs you're gonna see like about once a week um, and then sometimes it comes down during like the deload week, but we start building in that long run. So you start like to find long run. Um, usually like, uh, most marathon training plans, like you'll get the long, you get to the, about maybe 18 miles as your longest long run. Holy shit. Um, but you kind of build up to it slowly. And some, there's some programs where I shouldn't even say 18. There's definitely some where it's like closer to 16. Yeah. Um, but you've ran a marathon before, so it's not like it's completely unfamiliar territory for you At either. Se- 17 miles is a, in my opinion, is a comfortable distance to call it quits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like at 17 miles, I realized I still had nine miles to go. And uh, the thought in my head was, I don't normally run nine miles. And I've just run 17, uh-huh. but I don't normally run nine. I still have to do nine more fucking miles. Yeah. And that fucked with my head. At 17 <laughs> miles is when it got in my head. Yeah. Does that ever happen to you? Does it ever yeah. get in your head? That's that's the hard part of the race. Like, And then if you just look at it, like if it's an ultra marathon, that just happens like later on. But you get to that point where you've been out there long enough where you definitely feel the race, you feel the hurt, but there's still enough left where you're like, oh man, like I mean, nine miles is nine miles, right? Nine so, miles is nine <laughs> miles to everybody. Yeah, right, right. And so if you're hurting a bit, then it gets hard to kind of wrap your head around it. So that's when you got to try to compartmentalize and think like, I'm not going to think of nine miles. I'm going to think of that next aid station. That's, I wish I, you had told me, I wish I had heard that before because that's such an easier way. Because I was doing that, but I wasn't doing that in the end of the race. Uh huh. It so, will gets harder at the end too because you start like once you start really wearing out, your brain like kind of wants you to stop. It's trying to get you to slow down, and then you kind of got to try to override that. And then sometimes those micro goals kind of help out with that. Yeah. The uh, the my thing in this one was get to the comedy store. Comedy store was thirteen miles. Uh huh. I was like, get to the comedy store. You're halfway done. Yeah. And I got to the comedy store and I felt fucking great. <laughs> and I left the guy I was running with. I left and I was like. He was like, I got to walk. And I was like, I'm not fucking walking. I feel good. <laughs> and I kept on. But at 17, it was when we started getting into the parts of L.A., like the really ugly parts of L.A. Uh-huh. And I was like, fuck, no more downhill. <laughs> <laughs> so when you, when, uh, what was your pace pretty even throughout or did you slow down quite a bit at the end? So or? I was running, um, I was running at, I want to say, and I I, I, po- I actually have the, f- the, f- so interesting that was the most downloaded uh, or viewed picture I've ever had on Instagram. Oh, really? My marathon. <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy because you're like, I guess because all my friends said I couldn't do it. 
I oh, shouldn't so say everyone was paying attention then. Yeah, I shouldn't <laughs> say that they said I couldn't do it. Joe said I could do it, but he said Joe, Joe's Joe's bet was actually the most sound. He was like, "You you can't do a five hour marathon," and I was like, "I think I can." Uh-huh. And he was like, "No, you can't." And I was trying to do the math in my head because I was like, "And and I th- I think I was on pace for a five hour marathon up to like probably." Definitely up to 13 miles. Okay. And then, I think, and then, yeah, because yeah, 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 cause I ran, my first 13 miles, I ran faster than I ran my my half marathon. Okay. And so, I was like, oh, I got this. But at 20 is when it really fucked me up. Yeah. And I had to start walking, running, walking, running, just to, because my calves were seizing up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I, and I'd, I had to stop and stretch my calves. And I mean, I watched people fall off to the side. Yeah. It's a real, it's a real ex- human experiment to watch people run a marathon. Yeah, like it, there could be. I wish I had a better joke about it. I don't have any fucking joke about it. <laughs> like you think you'd do it and you'd like you'd be like, oh, I got a joke in here. Yeah. Well, the funny thing too is like we were watching the California International Marathon this year, and we were standing at what was like 18 miles or so. So it's at that point where people either start to kind of fall apart or kind of start being like, "I'm gonna bring this home." And it was so funny to watch. Like you'd see all these. You'd see people. Some people would be like leaning way back. You could tell like they're gonna have a rough last eight miles. And oh, some people yeah. were like ready just to charge in, and you're like, "All right, they paced it just right." It's funny. It's my fun running, my running is different when I run a marathon. I run on my toes more. Uh huh. Like I like. Is there a proper my dad used to say it was like heel toe heel toe well so really what you want to look for is uh that your foot is landing underneath a bent knee because then you're going to be kind of you think of your leg as like a three foot shock absorber your foot is landing under a bent knee yeah so it's when it gets way out in front of your knee which it kind of looks like a little check mark if it gets way out in front. That's where you want to try to avoid because what that's doing is it's sending some of those impact forces up into like your knees and your hips and you want to avoid that. My hips hurt so fucking bad the next day. Oh really? After well, after a marathon, I mean, yeah. I think you're just gonna have like soreness anyway. Like there's really oh it's God. hard hard to avoid that. Here, I'll tell you what um, my pace was. Um, I wish how how long is twenty k? I was doing twelve minute miles. Twelve and a half miles. Yeah, I was doing 12 minute miles, a little over 12 minute miles, uh, up until 30k. Okay, and so at, that's about 18. At 30k, I went to 14 minute miles, <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then the last, my average pace for the entire race was 12 minutes. Okay. 12 minute miles. No wait, no wait. 12 minutes and 44 seconds. Okay. But the, I went to 14 minute miles and 13 minute miles. Uh-huh. Like that's when it, when I started just hurting and I was like, yeah. oh fuck. Well, that's not a too big of a depreciation actually. Like it's sometimes when you look at like really maximizing a race, you don't necessarily want to see a race where you're speeding up the whole time and, t- and going your fastest at the end because that might mean oh. that you left too much in the tank. Oh, let me sh- let me tell you my fucking half. Ma- oh, I didn't. I left when I did that half marathon. I left nothing in the tank. <laughs> I left nothing in the tank. I mean, my heart rate was at like 180 when I finished. Yeah, like I was fucking. I was <laughs> flying. I was done. I, let me tell you something. Anyone who plans a fucking race, that back and forth shit, that sucks. <laughs> in the in the the St. Pete one, you ran a beautiful loop really cool uh-huh. and then you go out to this island and then back i'm uh. like ugh, i already saw this i just <laughs> want to do one full track one big that, loop that was what was cool about la is it was all the way there and it was really great i got it hats off to the la planners of the marathon is the last mile um you hit the the one the 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 one the pch uh-huh. so you hit it 
and you turn and you see the ocean. Like oh, you nice. hit the ocean and then you're running along the ocean. And that was really great because you're like, it's fucking beautiful. It's like, I bet I could plan an amazing fucking marathon. Yeah. Like, oh, I bet I could. I bet I could go in and just give you visuals. Like that's what you want is these to, to hit a turn and go, whoa, like yeah. breathtaking visuals. Uh-huh. Yeah, I always think, I think some of the planning with that stuff gets kind of, it gets, they're like, they have to do a lot of work with like the city to get like permits for certain streets and things. So sometimes they run into hiccups with that. And that's why you end up getting some of those goofy, like out and back type setups because it was the only route the city would let them kind of shut traffic horrible. down for. But yeah, like if you can plan a good, beautiful route, then like people will come and find it. Cause if you want. could plan a race, what would, what kind of race would you plan? Um, say they, say they had, they had your, your race, like all sponsors said, we want the Zach, the Zach, what would be the distance? Oh man. If I just had to do one, then I'd probably do a hundred mile race. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. You do a hundred mile. Which is just a horrible idea in terms of a planning one. <laughs> <laughs> where would you it's have harder. it? Where would you have it? Uh, that's a good Anywhere question. in the world. Anywhere in the world. Uh, oof, let's see. Probably, you know, I, this is probably going to sound, this is probably, I'm probably going to like limit my attendance to this, but I really like desert trails. Really? So I would probably do something around this type of area. You like desert trails? Like, yeah. like the ones through the, through the hills and stuff or just straight desert? Uh, through the hills for sure. Like I want some climbing and descending in there, Yeah. but I want it to be runnable, like not super technical where you have to have a really good technical running skill set. Um, there's actually what's a, a, what's a technical running skill. So set? like if there's a bunch of like rocks and varied yeah. terrain where you have to like be able to really step through things really well. Okay. Like you, especially when you get really steep downhills with that type of terrain, that's where like you have to really practice that to get good at it. Yeah. What were you you said? There's a there's a you were about to say and I oh you. yeah there's a there's a race um, there's a race organization around this area called Aravipa Running and they do an awesome job. They've got about. 26 ultra events a year so it's one almost every other weekend mm -hmm. and they have everything from like 10 kilometers up to like 100 mile stuff on a lot of their events so like you can do a trail marathon a trail half a trail 10k a 50k a 50 mile and they have all these all around the year and they do one uh that's called um javelina 100 and it's uh it's like this 20 mile loop and you kind of you go around one way and then you go around the other way and then you do that like five times oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like this kind of like i like it because it's not <laughs> It's it's got some slight hills and slight descents, but not so much that you feel like you're really doing a whole lot of climbing and descending. So you can really just run the whole time. If you're really, like, yeah. Um, but it's also it, it it's in October, so it can get goofy. Where like some years it might get you get a little overcast and be only eighty at the high. But then like two years ago, I did it and it was a hundred and two at the peak of the day. So you have to like really manage your like cooling and hydration and stuff at that point too. So it's just the LA marathon was perfect weather. Was it? Yeah. Oh, Sometimes it was that perfect. one gets hot. I think it was the year like, before it was like ninety, wasn't oh, it? Oh, I want to say it was like sixty five. Oh yeah, that's awesome. It was perfect. <laughs> it was sunny. It was beautiful. It was perfect. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I want to I, I want to run the gamut. I want to run all the races one more time. I want to go and do a five k, a ten k. Uh, a half marathon, a marathon. Is that the races? Is that how it goes? Five k, ten k. Yeah, that for the for the more traditional ones. Yeah, for yeah. the more traditional ones. Yeah. And then I, and then I, and then I'm going to do. I'm also going to try to do the uh, Malibu triathlon. Oh, cool! But it's like a sprint triathlon, so you swim half a mile, uh -huh. you run a five k, and then you bike like twelve miles or something. Uh -huh. And I was like, that seems like it would be. I just got to. I got to find out if I can swim. 
to half, half a mile. mile. Yeah. I don't. That's really fucking hard. Yeah, yeah. It's re- that's that's swimming is tough. Swimming's yeah. <laughs> really. And I was a swimmer in college or in high school. Uh-huh. I swam for the swim team, but but like I I. Well, you in, probably can then, because it's a lot of technique. I think. Yeah, well, like, I'm, so a, I'm, a very, I'm a very, I'm a very tech. I mean, I'm a very good swimmer. Meaning, I was a good swimmer. I still have the technique. Uh-huh. However, I did a run. Um, I do a run in in Clearwater. It's a four mile run down to this private uh, island called Caladesi uh-huh. from my beach house. So I do the run. I come back, and then I'm like, I'm gonna see. I've got the current going with me. I'm going to see if I can swim. I'm going to do it barefoot. I'm going to get in the water. I'm going to see if I swim two miles back. Uh-huh. Like an idiot. Like a fucking idiot. <laughs> and I get in the water and I start swimming. And I realize I'm a little further from the shore than I'm comfortable being. Yeah. And I'm out of breath to the point where I'm like, fuck, I don't know if I can make it back to the shore. <laughs> and then I got to the shore and I couldn't run back. Oh, I was no. going, <laughs> and I had to walk home. <laughs> it was like soaking wet. Like I got dropped off. <laughs> but yeah, I don't, uh, do you have ever, do you ever have any like aspirations to do anything? Does, does anything come up and you're like, oh, that would be cool to do. Like, uh, like when you first heard a Tough Mudder, you're like, oh, we should yeah. try one of those. Yeah. I would like to do something like that. Some obstacle course racing things. I think that'd be fun. I bet you'd fly through those fucking things. Maybe yeah, it I, it would have to be a really long one I think. <laughs> oh yeah, they to keep the, they do that one that's uh, it's was it the world's toughest mudder where it's twenty four hours and you see how far you can get in twenty four hours Jesus and they have like a five Christ mile track. track. What the fuck goes on in your brain? Like that's so. In- I always go wonder if they have a wonder what the shortest What's one the they have. <laughs> you see, the problem is like the shorter the distance, the worse I get in terms of being able to compete. So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, your strength is yeah. is is fucking outlasting every right. human being in the course. <laughs> They've got one in Hawaii coming up that I tried to get Ari and Joe and Tom to do. Uh-huh. Um, it's I think it's the. I want to say it's the Tough Mudder, the Spartan Race, mm-hmm. and they've got an ultra in there. Yeah, it's an ultra, uh, Tough Mudder, where I I I for, I want to say it's Tough Mudder. I sent it to those guys. I wonder if I have the thing, but uh, there's a marathon one, and then there's like an ultra where it's like I think it's fifty, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if I've heard of that one, but it'd be fun. I bet. Yeah, I bet you Joe would be good at a really short Tough Mudder, like a short obstacle course one. Yeah, he doesn't have the Mickey Mantle gene. That's the problem, right? Yeah, yeah. Joe's got. To <laughs> you would have to. You have to have you coach him through it. Then Joe's so fucking intense, and I know he doesn't want. He would probably wouldn't want me to say this, but like we went to hot yoga together, uh-huh. and he is so like his intensity is like it. Ne- like, like I fuck around. Like Segura and I fuck around a lot, and so like even in in hot yoga, Segura would fuck around to the point where. Like, I'm dying laughing. Like, and you're not supposed to talk during hot yoga at do you, all. Do you ever just, like, fart on purpose just to see if people, like... No, no. There was this one time where this guy was giving this speech about his son. And and Tom's... We're doing hot yoga. And we're on the we're on the, the floor poses where you're laying face forward and your arms out by your side. The guy gives this, tells a story about his son. And then he just goes on to the next move. And he just doesn't finish the story. It's silent in there. And Segura goes... Uh, Hey, what happened to your kid? And he's like, well, I'm sorry. What? Like, you're not supposed to talk. And he's like, I'm sorry, what? And he goes, you never finished your story, man. Like, what happened with your kid? And he goes, oh, that was the end of it. And he goes, oh. <sighs> and, and I am dying laughing. But we did have yoga with Joe, me, and Ari and Tom. And Ari fucks around. Ari fucks around, too. Like, touching your hand. Like, when you're close, Ari will grab your hand and hold it. 
And uh, but Joe's so fucking he's doing all the moves. He can do all the fucking moves. Yeah. And he's like, like leg kicked out. <sighs> And Ari and Tom and I are like barely holding our knee. Like there's one where you're supposed to kick your and hold your foot. Joe is kicked out like an L. And me, Tom and Ari, are, me, Tom and Ari are just holding our knees, going, "This is." She said you could also do it this way. And then we get out, and Joe's like, "Was that your fucking breathing?" And I was like, "I was like, yeah." By the way, I've done I had done twelve classes with Tom. Twelve class, and he never once mentioned my breathing. Joe does one class. And he goes, "Is that your fucking breathing?" And I go, "Yeah." Why? And he goes, "Bro, you need to see a doctor." He's like, "That is aggressive." breathing but yeah yeah joe would be uh i i i think joe's i, I really think joe's building to that i think he's running a lot uh-huh. and i bet i bet deep down inside in his head he's like i'm just i'm gonna because you know he has a sincere admiration for guys like you and cam and um and the guy who ju- he just had his oh, podcast david goggins, david goggins uh-huh. and like the way your brains work is the same way I think Joe's brain works. Oh yeah, so he's got that itch. He's like he definitely <laughs> likes to test himself, likes to push himself. He doesn't work out light. Like he doesn't uh-huh. do anything light. He doesn't do one thing in his fucking life light. <laughs> Smoke, he even smokes weed with intensity. <laughs> like he works he works like a, he works his ass off. He's at the store every fucking night. I mean, I, I look at his schedule and by the way, these are all stuff where he just he would not acknowledge that he is that he is as as has he would not acknowledge that there's anything different with him. He's like I'm just like everyone else. Like I'm, and I'm part of me is like, no, you're not. Like, <laughs> you gets up early, makes breakfast with his kids, uh, does a goes to hot yoga, or goes running in the hills, or practices archery, and then goes and does a three-hour podcast. Then comes back, picks his kids up from school, cooks him dinner, does another workout with kettlebells, weights, or whatever. Then goes to the puts his kids to bed, cooks himself an elk, comes back, <laughs> goes to the store, does three sets of the store, maybe bangs over to the Hollywood Improv, and then goes home, wakes up again the next day at 6 a.m. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. <laughs> I get my ass kicked when I do one podcast and I have to do a set at night. I'm like, are you kidding me? But yeah, he's, uh, he's. I think, you know, I'll put it this way. He doesn't, I, from what I know of Joe, he doesn't bring things into his podcast that aren't things that he thinks. Really wants to talk that, about. That, yeah, that he really wants to talk about and he wants, to, and I think, you know, Cam and him are really tight. Yeah. And I think, I'm sure Cameron Haynes has got as, like, I bet you could do it. I bet Joe's, just, just I wouldn't away. be shocked if he just one day just was like, I'm running an ultra marathon. And he's been training for it the whole time. Yeah, he secretly and, is all, all yeah. just prepared. Yeah. And, you know, I think that part of what I, I, I identify with in Joe that I, is this like, I don't know, like, kind of, I like the idea of, testing yourself uh-huh. i like the idea of finding out where you are well i think humans crave that to some degree and so some people, don't well some some i think they just don't know because they get really comfortable and then well i mean there's certainly ones that are just like never gonna really try to pursue anything but sometimes i think that kind of feeds on itself like you get comfortable and then that like breeds laziness but then you get like if you can get that ball rolling it kind of seems to snowball sometimes because I mean yeah. that's kind of like like uh, David Goggins where he was had the hard time kind of getting the ball rolling at first. Then once he did, and now that guy's like pull up champion slash ultra marathon enthusiast. <laughs> he's he's I, I man. There's a lot of you guys that I listen to, and I go, and you're saying stick in my head. Like the one thing David Goggins said was like embrace the suck. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, because if you just say the suck isn't that bad, then it then you can do it. 
Uh-huh. And I kept saying that, embraces suck. And then when that my calves seized up, I was like, oh, I, I don't think he was talking about this. Yeah, this is a different kind of suck. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, maybe we'll get Joe to run the marathon with us. Yeah, yeah. So is it just Ari and you right now, or is Tom yeah. doing it? Too? Oh, no, Tom is too overweight. He won't be, ever be able to do anything physical. <laughs> that fat fuck. He, uh, no, he, Tom, no, Tom, this is, this is my impression of Tom. Um, yeah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and you're like, well, yeah, I know, but we're all gonna, uh, yeah, but I have no interest in it. Like, like, you know, people that go like, uh, like I remember one time I was like, I said to my buddy, I go, I, go, I want to go skydiving. This is a long time ago. We were in Barcelona and I was like, I want to go skydiving. And he goes, yeah, I don't. <laughs> and I went, what do you mean? He goes, I really have no interest in ever doing that. I don't, I don't care about doing that. And I went, oh, and I was like, oh yeah, some people don't have interest in stuff. Tom has no interest in anything other than. Like he does not want to run a marathon. Okay. Like he, I. Like he's like, yeah, I have no interest in that. Because I, I, I talked to him about it, because I was like, why don't we do a marathon or something together? And he was like, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Ari, on the other hand, is like, yeah, oh, I'd try that. Maybe he wants to do the hard reset challenge, though. Oh, let me tell you something. <laughs> he would. By the way, that's right up his alley. Yeah. If you can, in- if you can include. Uh, Hershey's kisses in that. <laughs> he has a problem with. Is he, that his vice? Dude, you gotta go. If you eat with this guy, he makes plate like you think, like he's eating hubcaps. Like there's so big plates, and he like <laughs> so much fucking food on a plate, and he's just like, he's like, all oh, right, and you're like, Tom, this is like, there's two steaks on here. He made me two steaks and shrimp and a piece of chicken. I go, how many fucking proteins are we eating? <laughs> he eats like fucking crazy. He's getting better now. Um, I think he's put on a little weight too since the challenge. Both of us. Uh, because you guys are both just under 220, right, for the challenge? Is yeah, we. I I think so. I think Tom was. Yeah, I think we were both under two. I was 219, maybe. Uh-huh. I got down to 217, walking around weight, and uh, and then getting ready for my special. Working out became less of a focus. Uh-huh. I'm a little bit. Um, I haven't. I haven't. I, like. I joke about the Mickey Mantle gene, but there is a part of the Mickey Mantle gene that's very real, and that is being hyper focused on something. Uh-huh. So like. When we did the weight loss challenge, um, I was in the middle of a sitcom development, and uh, and I just didn't do it. And like I was, and my managers called my wife, and they're like, "Hey, you need to get Bert to focus on this sitcom. This is a great opportunity." And they're like, "She's like, yeah, you, you don't know Bert very well. He's, she's like, all he cares about is beating Tom in this weight loss challenge. So I let a sitcom go so that I could beat Tom in it. But for me." That's where my passion lied, and yeah. I was obsessive. I uh-huh. brought my calorie intake to under a thousand, yeah, and I'd and I'd walk at least seven miles a day. Sometimes I walked a marathon one day, like all throughout yeah. the day. I'd just get on the treadmill, not in, in real life, right? But treadmill. just broke a broken marathon. Just broke it up. Yeah. Just broke it up all day. I just get on the treadmill, and I was hyper focused. I, I was, um, I was, and, and not healthy, not in a very healthy way. Like I would, I would look at it and I'd go. I go, okay, I haven't had that many calories today. I was like, if I could just get to bed, I'd be like, that perfect. So then I'd eat an Ambien and just go to bed. Uh-huh. And I'd be like, all right, the day's done. I won. I walked 13 miles. I barely had any food to eat an Ambien. I just went to bed. Then I wake up the next day. I'm like, all right, I've already got to jump on this day. I've had no calories and I didn't have calories from yesterday. All right. Like it's a weird fucking way to look at. It's not healthy. Because well, you kind of did the crash course. Like I lost 40 pounds minute. in 30 days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is really tough. Yeah, so that's where, like, I'm actually surprised that you didn't gain a bunch of weight after that. Because, like... Uh, well, I kept, in a weird way, I kind of kept with, like, these... The I kept, intermittent fasting? I, well, I, I, 
I, I stopped eating bread altogether. Oh yeah, bread that really helped. Mm-hmm. Bread and pasta. I didn't. Eat, and then recently, I started to have bread, and I find that bread makes me feel very bloated. Yeah, like uh-huh. I eat bread, and I'm almost like burping and just like ugh. And I love pasta, but I don't ever eat pasta anymore. Like I don't. I haven't had pasta in forever. Last time I had pasta was you'll hear this on stage was at my daughter's period party. Uh huh. Yeah, she had a period party for a period. I mean, she got her period, and she had, we had. You'll hear it on stage tonight. It's a lot funnier than I'm pitching it now, but uh, but uh, yeah. So I I I I'm ready for this hard reset. Uh huh. I'm gonna I'm gonna start it now. Well, and the cool thing about it too is like it's not like you have to restrict how much you eat, so you don't you don't sit there and wonder about oh I'm I'm, I'm hungry but I can't eat, and the foods you're eating are so like savory and satiating because they're just like high fat like fatty meat cuts and stuff. Yeah. So, and the other thing too is a lot of times what you see with problem with people gaining weight is there's this thing called palate fatigue, and palate fatigue comes when you're eating kind of the same thing for a while. Your body eventually kind of says like all right, I've had enough of that, and then you just don't have any interest in eating more. But what happens is people will be eating something, and then all of a sudden they'll switch to like this sugary beverage or something like that, and all of a sudden that resets their palate fatigue. So then they go back to start eating the thing that they were already full of before. So when you kind of like just just uh, like whittle it down to something really simple, like eat as much fatty meat as I as I need to feel satiated, and then stop, and then wait until I'm hungry again, and do it over again, you kind of you 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 break out that opportunity to kind of like respike your appetite artificially. Yeah. So, and it's like people, people think like, oh man, that's going to be so mundane. But like when you think of like eggs and bacon, like nice cuts of steak. Fucking starving talking to you, by the way. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, I wonder what I'm going to go eat now. <laughs> Briskets. Like, yeah. So, um, it's actually, once you start looking at what you can have and so many people, I think they still get hung up on like, oh, fat's bad for you or like, uh, red meat is bad for you. And, um, it's just that's simply not true, especially when it's like you're kind of the, th- the only thing you're really eating. Um, it, it's just so it's so filling and so satisfying. Like you don't feel like like back when I used to be like higher carb or high carb, like I'd have these situations where I would train really hard and I would eat so much to try to like kind of catch up on calories that I'd be full. Like my stomach would be full, but I would still have hunger pangs. And I was like, this is weird. Like that shouldn't happen. Like if my stomach is full and feels full. I should be like satisfied. So that's one of the first things I noticed when I started kind of the high fat, like I would eat enough where I was satisfied, but I didn't feel like I was full or bloated. I felt like, oh, if I had to go for a run right now, I could do it. Whereas before it'd be like, you'd feel so like kind of stuffed. Like it's like just the fact, just the thought of running would be like, oh man, I'm going to puke this up if I even try to move. (laughs) You have no idea. I know what it feels like to gain weight. Like I've been in situations where I go, oh, I ate so much. I think I just gained weight. Like where you go, like I'm burping up whatever I've eaten and I can't get my body right. Like I have to lean a certain way so I can get the burps out. Oh, my new, one of my new, uh, one of my new diet fads is, Uh um, called tight jeans so i just put on tight jeans <laughs> and so i feel really uncomfortable when i eat so you, you, it's like it's kind of like a like what are those belts that people get put in their stomach to uh, oh like a lap band yeah, a lap yeah band. it's my lap band it's my lap band because that's all the technically a lap band is it just makes you right. feel uncomfortable when you eat too much yeah. and so i've been wearing really really tight jeans and so so you know the plan's working if all of a sudden those tight jeans start feeling looser right so get so, so yesterday yesterday i ate very little right i uh-huh. ate very little i, I was trying i'm trying to drop this 10 pounds uh-huh. so i want to get back to, i want to get below 220 um I want to get below 220 but i'm trying to do it healthy meaning like not sure. i don't want my brain to like sustainably yeah, mm-hmm. like it's part of me. Yeah, part of me just it. 
yeah, I want to get there healthy. So what I did uh, yesterday was um, I ate at this barbecue place by just a few burnt ends, which is I think is in my fucking new diet plan, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah but I can't have barbecue sauce on them, can I? That You'd want to try to avoid that if you can. Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> and so I had some burnt ends. You can add butter if you want. I had some chicken wings. I can have chicken wings, can I? Yeah, just try not to get the breaded ones. I'm not getting breaded. I, I'm fucking going to Buffalo Wild Wings tonight. Yeah, there you and go. And so... Um, Load up ones, those would be great. Oh, fuck yeah. And so... And then I had uh, I had some po- a poke burrito, but the rice. As soon as I had the rice, I felt like I fucking gained all my weight. Like a second I had rice, yeah, I felt bloated. You gotta get the poke with no rice. Just tell them no rice, extra vegetables. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so then, but oh, yesterday my tight jeans felt really loose, and I was like, cool. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I can't wait to put them on tonight and see where they are. Yeah. But that's my like that's how I'm judging my weight losses by these tight jeans. That's a good way to do it because like yeah, you can get hung up at looking at a sta- scale, but you don't know if you're working out like if you're gaining a little muscle like like I mean, if you look at one of the most interesting things with that in that like kind of concept is if you look at like 5 pounds of fat and then 5 pounds of muscle, the 5 pounds of fat takes up this big chunk of volume and the, the muscle is like this tiny little thing. Yeah. So when you think about that, if you gain five pounds of muscles and lose five, lose five pounds of fat, like you might look like you lost like 10 pounds. Yeah. But you really didn't lose any because you added that five pounds of muscle, which takes up so much or such little space. Yeah. I've also been uh, like, I think, I think I'm trying to stay away because I get bloated really easily. Uh-huh. And I think that's from, I don't I think it's from traveling and not sleeping and flying. And sure. It all like, kind of compile up. Oh, well, I get to the place where I got to do that ring trick where you take yarn and put it, string and put it around your finger to get your ring off. You ever done that? Oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> you take, you take like, uh, like, sewing string uh-huh. and you wrap it around your f- in front of your ring really 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 tight to get push the swelling out and then you know you just get it really tight yeah like no we well, just get it really tight in uh-huh. front of your ring and then you take the yarn and or the string and you put it under your ring uh-huh. and you pull it and it just starts unraveling under the ring and the ring slowly moves forward oh huh. i've had to do that a lot <laughs> yeah i wish I, I wish that this was opposite and i had to take you into my lifestyle and do a reverse and be like all right Zach, here we go we're at the airport we're gonna have a drink and you're like what <laughs> like yeah 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 try to mo- l- try not to talk to anybody because they're gonna notice we're, we've been drinking <laughs> well what we should do is if w- we should set a benchmark for like either like gene size or weight or something and when you hit that benchmark i'll do a, a day in the life of bert and see if i can last the whole day <laughs> bro they don't have an ultra category for what i do <laughs> I might DNF for the day. Oh, in the life Jesus. Of <laughs> that would be me like running the first part of the Western 100. I go, at uh, the ski lift's not for me. <laughs> well, you guys got a gondola? Oh, I, I, I would fucking, I would pay money to see someone try to, like I've had, I've had comics that go on the road with me and like, they're like, I'm like, you're going to stay out with me. Well, we're going to hang out. And you can see them by by Sunday when we're flying home. They're like, I'm ready to get the fuck away from you. <laughs> and you're like, oh, it goes a little hard, doesn't it? <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're driving back tonight. Thank God. And then I got to, I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to try not to drink tonight on, I won't drink on stage, but, oh, nice. The, how long have we been going? It is 6.06. Holy okay. shit, we've been going two hours. hours. Um, I gotta get ready for my show. Podcast. Yeah, yeah, we probably should let you get ready um, so we don't we, we, we make a lot of enemies yeah. in our new hometown if we don't <laughs> keep Bert from getting to his show. No. <laughs> what time's the show tonight? Do you know? I think it's seven? Or is it seven thirty? Is it seven thirty? Um Yeah, so what was I saying? 
Um, God damn it, my brain is fried. Oh, the comics on the... Oh, you're you're driving back. Driving back. I was going to try not to drive. I don't normally drink on stage. Uh, I'll have a drink on the late show when I start telling the machine story. But uh, if I can not drink on both shows and drive and get us home tonight, Uh then I'm going to get there and go for a jog when I get home. Okay. Like go for like a nice jog. Or just put those wild wings to work. Yeah, or 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 I'll have a cocktail a night and get hammered and let Frank drive, and I can drink the whole ride, pass out the last three hours, get up, go back, take a Xanax, sleep. <laughs> fucking, I sound like a fucking drug addict. I'm not, but uh, but we have a big party for my wife tomorrow. Okay. Oh, for Mother's for Day. Mother's yeah. Day. Yeah. And so, uh, so we're having we have like twenty people coming to our house and I just dropped money, a bunch of money putting up televisions everywhere outside. Oh wow. So I'm like super excited to get in my pool. Uh-huh. So kinda wanna have a cocktail, get in at six, get sun's coming up, get in my pool, turn on the T V, watch the fucking T P C at the end of the final round. But yeah, I don't know. Uh well okay, let's 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 do this, okay? All right. Me, you and Ari. We'll see if we can incorporate Joe. Okay. Um I pro- it's probably not gonna happen. Uh Joe's just a tough one to lock down. He likes to do things <laughs> on his schedule. But me and Ari will do a marathon. The four of us. Are you gonna, you can, you're, well, the four of us will do a marathon. We'll find a really beautiful location. And we'll try. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reset. I'm going to re, do the hard reset starting now. Okay. Uh, not with the Tito's. Uh, separation starts on Monday. Okay, but like, Perfect. yeah, 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 yeah. You gotta yeah. ease into that. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to. You don't want to <laughs> hop off the Tito's right away. That's super dangerous. So, and I'm gonna do the hard reset starting now. Just high fatty meats, good cuts of meat. Just yep. fucking meat. Some little bit of vegetables. I'm not gonna overdo it. Yep. You can do the three fourths, one fourth plant yep. thing if you want. I'm gonna eat uh, ten wings, and then I'll have a little bit of celery at the end. Perfect. <laughs> 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 I'm fucking excited. This is gonna be great, and so I'll get I'll get Ari on board, and but wh- how are we gonna train Ari? Would you, fuck, don't Ari. We're Ari, Ari's just gonna do no training. Okay, if he's gonna do the no training plan, otherwise we can get him set up too. Yeah, he's in good shape. He's in good like he's not physically fit. Like I had to explain to him that I'm in good shape and I'm fat. That he's in bad shape, but he's skinny. Yeah. Like he was like, I, I get winded doing this, and I was like, Yeah, you smoke weed all the time. You are in bad shape. Like you're not in good shape. He was like, But it doesn't make sense. You're fatter than me. How can you do stuff that I can't do? And I was like, Because I'm in better shape. I'm an athlete. You're not an athlete. You're Jewish. So, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, we'll do that, and then we'll find a really beautiful, and, and what I'll do is I'll get us on a three-way text, uh-huh. and I'll text cool marathons. That's one of my favorite things to do is look up marathons. Okay. Look up marathons and guns these days. <laughs> I'll, I'll text us cool marathons. Uh, how far out should we look? Like, um, I mean, ideally, I think six weeks at least would be, would be like, would give us the most flexibility and doing a real good buildup. So, so we like four, should I look for marathons happening in four months? Or I'm sorry, did I say six weeks? I meant yeah. six months. Six months. I was like, so, six yeah. weeks. I, mean, I was we like, I mean, I can, do, I can do it with no training again if that's yeah. what you want. <laughs> I was like, wait, you really are fucking... You getting yourself into You're a magic man. <laughs> six months would be perfect. Like, we can kind of like go like a little okay. inside of that or outside Six months, I'll look for a marathon six months out. Mm-hmm. I'll look for somewhere. Do you have any priors? Do you have any... Have you ever been arrested? Do you have anything we need no, to worry about? No, clean record okay, at clean. the moment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'll find something cool and beautiful and we'll all go out and do it. And we'll get Ari on a training program too. Uh, like and his will be abbreviated, but we'll try to get to ten minute miles. Perfect. All right. 
I'm going to set up the three-way text between me and Ari. We're going to find a fucking place. We're going to do it. And I'll, and I'll reach out to Joe and see if he's interested. Yeah. But if I know Joe, Joe's going to do it on his own terms. Like he, sure. he won't be like, yeah, let's all go do a marathon. He'll just show up the night before. Like, hey, guys, I decided to do it. Yeah. He'll lay down like a sub three-hour marathon or something. Uh, oh, yeah. I fucking guarantee. And he'll, be do, he'll do it barefoot. <laughs> yeah. he's got, he runs with those vibra toes. the five fingers, yeah. <laughs> he probably, I, I got a pair of those vibra toes shoes because he had a pair. And I was like, hey, man, I'm trying these vibra things. He's like, be careful yeah he was like do not run a lot in them and then the next day i woke up and my calves were so fucking so, sore here's the thing like i'm gonna send you a pair of shoes that help kind of transition you into that okay so they put you in that position where your toes can be nice and comfortable and splayed out and you're on a flat bed so it's like really putting you in the right position but it's also got plenty of cushion okay so and also it's got this thing called a guidance rail so if your foot is moving in the right direction it stays out of the way but if you start to kind of get a little like sloppy because you're getting tired or your gait is altering it uses your foot's proprioception to kind of steer you in the bike back in the right direction okay so it's a great shoe to kind of train those lower leg muscles like those calves and your feet muscles to get up to speed so that if you want to work down to something like a vibram five finger you'll have that kind of that starts that starting point is that just mean stronger feet technically pretty much yeah i mean like foot muscles and lower leg muscles are same as anyone when people wear like shoes around all the time especially shoes that kind of like restrict the range of motion those muscles get weak and atrophy so it's just like having a cast on your arm essentially like if you took if you had a cast on your arm for six weeks and then you took it off that arm would be very weak same thing happens to your feet when you put like a real restrictive shoe in really yeah uh uh-huh yeah, so we want to kind of get your foot to move the way it would without a shoe there, but put a, put a shoe there. I, I I had plantar fasciitis for a long time. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I that happens from restrictive shoes, a lot of times. Really? Yeah, uh huh. Because a lot of times what happens is you kind of it kind of pinches your foot, and the nerves that run into your toes get compromised, and then you get all kinds of inflammation and stuff. So like plantar fasci, neuromas, collapsed arches. A lot of that's from shoes. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, well, we're, I'm fucking, I'm in. This is going to be fun. You're going to be a new man in six months. Yeah, well, we'll see how this hard reset goes. <laughs> let's fucking, one step at a time. Yeah, right? let's, let's start with the hard reset, then fucking work our way six months out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fuck. This has been great, man. I appreciate you taking the time to do yeah, this well, with me. Th- thanks for having us on. Yeah, of course. Nicole and I have been loving following your Instagram feed and stuff. So. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I've been, uh, it's, uh, I really enjoyed that. When you, when Joe texted me, he was like, hey man, just so you know, this, uh, uh, this I don't forget what he said, but this true elite athlete <laughs> says he can get you in a four and a half minute marathon. I was or four mi- a four hour marathon. I was like, I was like, you fucking serious? And I saw it, and I was like, I was like, oh shit! I was like, this is a gift from the heavens. I gotta fucking take him up on this. If I could get to, because I I know in my head, if I could get to that four and a half mile um, hour marathon, that I'll I will be in good shape. Like yeah. I'll be in good shape. Uh-huh. Not the best shape in the world, but for a 45 year old man with the Mickey Mantle, I'll be in great shape. Yeah. So I'm excited. And then we'll get Ari. Well, I'll reach out to Tommy. Cool. See if he wants see to if do it. Yeah, we'll find a really badass location. Awesome. And then you can stay if we want, but we'll stay and do drugs. <laughs> like Ari wants to do Ari's. I know Ari right now is like, do they have a marathon in the Amazon River Basin? <laughs> 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 and, yeah, and that'll be my recovery is just fucking a week of drugs <laughs> awesome well I'll give you guys enough time to go get dinner before the show alright and cool. uh, and I thank you guys for doing this appreciate yeah, it yeah well thanks for having us on
This episode was brought to you by The Machine.